1: This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network.
2: This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week... It's cheating to win. <gasps> now, we were not very excited about this, but I have to say it was uh, slightly more entertaining than I thought. A low bar as as ever, but um, <laughs> I thought it would just be kind of up there with Tennis Girl, but actually it was not that bad. It had its
1: moments. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: I mean, I'm damning it with fake praise there, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it does fall into that trap where it's like a student who's good at a sport and it's like, oh, but I'm getting so much pressure from my parents and I don't want to let them down. Uh, We have had that particular story a few times now, it feels like. So there is a little bit of that, but there's also some other stuff that's ridiculous enough to kind of make up for it, I think.
2: Oh, there is. (laughs) Let's just say the subplot hits new heights of... Madness is the only (laughs) word to describe it, truly. (laughs) Well, let's dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. Can you share the cover tagline, please? What is Tony hiding from Annie? Uh, I mean, he's on steroids. That's This isn't a spoiler. It's really obvious. (laughs) It's
1: extremely glaringly obvious.
2: (laughs) And the back tagline is uh, a phrase that's always, uh, I always like when this comes up in a description of something. It is a dangerous game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tony certainly is playing a dangerous game. And can you tell us more about it with full blurb?
1: Let's do it. Okay. When Athletic star Tony Esteban damages a tendon in his knee, it looks like he's lost his chance of being an Olympic star. I mean, it doesn't.
2: Because they all say you're going to be fine if you just wait like
1: three weeks. (laughs) Just fucking chill out for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, But Tony refuses to give up. Against his doctor's advice, he trains harder and harder. Not even his girlfriend, Annie Whitman, can convince him to slow down. (laughs) Then a weightlifter gives Tony magic vitamins. And suddenly Tony is running faster than ever and acting aggressively. Uh-oh. <laughs> when Annie discovers Tony is taking a dangerous steroid drug, like, spoiler, obviously, <laughs> she knows she has to help him stop before he destroys his whole life, as well as his Olympic
2: dreams. <gasps> They're really sort of pushing the Olympic angle. You would think that he was being scouted for the Olympics then and there, even though it's sort of like, a maybe one day. That's for, Yeah, it's
1: very much a down the line kind of a thing. It's like he's mm-hmm. being scouted for like, College stuff, I would have thought, isn't it?
2: at best. Well, can you describe the cover, please?
1: Oh god. Um yeah, it's like it's a kind of a funny one. Like it's Tony and Annie, but like Mm. they're both looking off in the same direction as if there's a bit missing from the from (laughs) from the picture. It's like is is Lou the weightlifter out of shot or something I'm (laughs) Banion.
2: Where are they looking? Yeah, they're looking sort of to their left. Yeah, it's weird. You,
1: I almost feel like one of them should be flipped so they're kind of looking at each other hmm. suspiciously or something. That would make more sense, I think. It would. But uh but but look, this is this is the cover we've been dealt. Um so Tony again, not looking anything like a sixteen year old, which is standard. Um
2: no, he looks a bit like Gene Kelly. Okay.
1: Okay, I can see that. I think the yeah. hair is throwing me off, but actually, yeah, if you cover the hair yeah. <laughs> You can yes.
2: kind of see it. Yeah in
0: the
1: rain. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, however, he's wearing this oh, absolutely oh. fucking dreadful like a singlet kind of, like a running singlet, but it's yeah. so loose and baggy. Like, it just looks awful.
2: It's oh white. There's nothing
1: interesting about it apart from how ridiculously oversized it is.
2: <laughs> Very low around the armpits.
1: It is barely covering his nipples. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's insane. Scorcy, you might even say. Hey, well,
2: um, Annie's the opposite. Jesus
1: Christ. Annie is there. She is entirely covered up, uh, dressed like Leap Day William from that episode of 30 Rock. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. She's wearing what we can only assume is a silk blouse. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. It's, it's yellow. She's wearing... <laughs> perplexingly she's wearing a blue waistcoat over said blouse um like we're pretty sure that the model for annie is a young courtney cox because again this is simply courtney cox's face like
2: it is in her in her bruce springsteen video days yeah
1: with the short hair like it it just kind of has to be at this stage um but yeah and and yeah both inexplicably looking off in the same direction we don't know why but uh yeah it's, you know, it's there's been worse covers, but it's just kind of a funny one because the clothes are particularly strange. <laughs>
2: they really are. Like she looks like she's sort of wearing a tabard. Like she looks like she's working in Cloud Nine and Superstore. It's the same Ooh. color blue.
1: Yes, you're right. Yeah.
2: Maybe, I mean, maybe that'll be the uh, the subplot in a future book. but it's it's Well, the, the TV um, teens are fond of a waistcoat, as Pi Beta Alpha members will know. So maybe That's this true. is a yeah.
1: foreshadowing. We are in the early 90s now. It's 1991. So yeah, we're creeping into prime waistcoat territory. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in the book, we begin with a frankly nauseating scene. As we're told, Todd is looking at Elizabeth with, quote, a twinkle in his coffee-coloured eyes. Oh, God. And he's so easily pleased. He's delighted they're finally alone together, even though they're in the cafeteria. And Liz is such a sap that when Todd puts his hand on hers, she blushes.
1: Oh, my God. Stop it.
2: So Todd asks about her day and Liz says things got crazy at an Oracle meeting organised by mr collins no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take our references to where we can
1: it's i mean look if off camera is gonna have to do in some mm. books and unfortunately this is one of those books um yeah but yeah things are a bit mad uh, in the offices a few of their staff writers have resigned mm. uh so they barely have enough people to cover school events
2: yes and john pfeiffer boo, boo. Uh, has asked her to help out in sports and she's going to have to cover the big track meets which the school are all obsessed with. <laughs> uh, uh, they're all running crazy out of nowhere, basically.
1: Absolutely, yes. It is all about track and field.
2: <laughs> it is. And of course, Todd thinks she'll be a natural. And their romantic school lunch, I mean, how romantic was it ever going to be? Is interrupted by Roger who has just got the manners of a of a Who is? <laughs> Oh Roger! Like he just plonks down beside them, and Todd almost tells him to piss off, and and doesn't now because Todd has some matters in this. But it's quite the mood killer. As Roger goes, I'm absolutely starving. And unwraps an enormous submarine sandwich. <laughs>
1: Oh god, yeah. Apparently, all the uh, the track team are being worked really hard lately by Coach Featherston, who I think he's a new coach, isn't he? Or it's usually uh, Schultz is is the guy. It is the, uh, the the coach in charge, maybe. But this is like their athletics coach, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing because I was initially like, oh, "What <laughs> coach Featherston? Who? Where's Coach Schultz?" But then we are told later that Coach Schultz is the like overall fucking director of athletics. <laughs> activity or I'm like
1: sure I, the boss coach I don't well, know <laughs>
2: I mean they are obsessed with sports in this school but so I guess it makes sense that they have multiple coaches but there's a whole <laughs>
1: fucking hierarchy of coaches here yeah right.
2: so yeah they as as you say they're all being worked really hard by coach Featherston. and uh, we get a bit of Roger's backstory and reminded that he uh, that they watched him go literally from rags to riches indeed <laughs> So, Watchers uh, heard about Liz's new gig, and apparently, the Old County meet, track meet, is in seven weeks. And we are going to uh, follow those seven weeks very closely. This, this book covers a lot of time.
1: <laughs> it's true, actually. Yeah. This might be one of the longest kind of spans of time that they cover.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, apparently, Coach Featherstone is being tough on everyone, but uh, Tony Esteban, who was referred to at the end of the last book, is the uh, track star. Hmm. And um yeah, Liz says, I'm not sure high school sports have to be so extreme. Like, has she been in this school before? <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, there's massive pressure on these kids. It's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh by the way, Roger finally apologises for crashing their lunch and banging on about racing for like <laughs> ten minutes. But they're very <laughs> gracious about it. Um and uh we're told, of course, that there could be talent scouts at all the races coming up. Um Which always happens in this school because how many times if there would be like it was, Robin had talent scouts. Mm Were there talent scouts for Ken? There was definitely
1: like yeah, like football ones, wasn't there? Or or like Mm. um, like football and soccer. Like I think yeah, any sport that has turned up in a storyline, there's been a talent scout at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing ever fucking comes of it, mind you. But they turn up. (laughs)
2: good point but well, we're repeatedly told how tony is like he's under all this pressure to perform but he's incredibly well-balanced he's such a well-rounded guy it's the first thing everyone always says about tony he's <laughs> uh he's just really chill don't you know <laughs> and then marjorie leaves saying excuse me i've got to go get another ice cream bar like how many, what, what sort of lunch is this I mean, I don't know. He did say that apparently
1: they're training so much, he feels like he could eat twice what he normally does and still lose weight because they're just going so hard at practice. So, I don't know. I yes. guess he's he's bulking up for it. I don't know what's <laughs> happening.
2: <laughs> so, giant sandwiches and multiple ice creams. He's living the dream. Go for it, um, So when he goes off, uh, Todd gets all dramatic uh, about how he wants to spend alone time with Liz. And... Uh, they talk about maybe they could go to the beach because Todd says I haven't seen you in that gorgeous blue bathing suit in a long time (laughs) I mean technically he saw her in it last week oh very
1: true we just didn't know it was her
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then Liz we I mean Liz cannot read the room in this book because Mm. what should she suggest
1: That's, yeah, oh God, this dumb bitch. Yeah, she's like, oh, (laughs) the beach sounds great. I wonder if Roger wants to join us. It sounds like he needs a break. Todd's like, um, what are you talking about? (laughs) We were just talking about being alone. And then uh, she was like, oh, later we'll steal away for a romantic walk along the shore. So what, you're going to invite Roger and then ditch him halfway through the (laughs) afternoon? Like, what's the story, Liz?
2: (laughs) And then she thinks, she saw that Todd was a bit disappointed, but she was sure he didn't really mind her inviting Roger along that afternoon. Why would you be so sure of this?
1: Apart from the obvious disappointment on his face that you've just referenced. <laughs>
2: and See, the fact that okay. he kept saying that they wanted to be alone with you. <laughs> it's not like Roger was even one of their best friends who's going through some sort of, you know, serious heartbreak. He's just, he's, he's <laughs> just living the life with this giant sandwiches. And... His ice cream berries, he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Roger comes back again and he has more news. He's preparing for a guest. Uh, yes, and... <laughs>
1: in further fucking ridiculous b-plot shenanigans oh my god he's got a house guest coming down from LA uh who apparently is going to be a long-term house guest and he says oh yeah it's not anyone that you would know apparently his mother uh, had a close friend named Denise Ferguson who moved to LA (laughs) just before his mom got sick Denise has a son called Mitch who's now 13 but Roger hasn't seen him in a while Uh, and apparently Denise has been having a rough time uh, with her kid. Mitch's dad died five years ago and he's never really gotten over it and now he's fallen in with this kind of tough crowd, got suspended from school for drinking. Um, He's only 13 but it's uh, yeah, things aren't great for Mitch and for some reason this woman Denise has decided this is now a 16 year old's problem who (laughs) hasn't seen this other child in quite some time (laughs) and the Patmans are like yeah grant send him to us for five weeks (laughs)
2: Five fucking weeks. So strange. Well, maybe it's a sort of if you got in one little fight and his mom got scared. <laughs> so You've admitted to your my old dead friend's son in Sweet Valley. And his auntie and uncle in Sweet Valley, <laughs> I guess.
1: Oh God. <laughs> This doesn't track at all. No, it really doesn't. Sorry, forget we said that. So, yeah. But that does seem to be the vibe of it, though, yeah.
2: Pretty much. Five weeks, I mean, really. And, of course, he asks if Todd and Liz can help out with Midge. And uh, Liz says that they can. And I can't believe I'm writing this, say my notes. But poor Todd.
1: Fair. Like, why is this child any of these 16-year-old other children's uh, problem? This is weird
2: very weird and Roger suggests a barbecue on Friday and Liz agrees even though Todd is literally kicking her under the table
1: <laughs> oh, poor Todd <laughs> again poor Todd, Todd. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well we're told it made Elizabeth proud to think that she and Todd were the kind of couple their friends could count on to be there for them not like those annoying self-absorbed couples who always wanted to be alone <laughs> Oh,
1: God, but they are the most annoying couple. So there you go.
2: <laughs> Good point. Well, Roger finally leaves and um, Liz finally realises that Todd is not usually happy. But um, she thinks it's not like Todd to be so insistent. True, true. they promised each other they'd try for more time alone. But Elizabeth had thought Todd was only teasing when he asked her to make the pact. Now it looked as if he'd been serious about it. And who can blame him, which is constantly inviting people on their dates and saying they're going to help look after a troubled teen.
1: Very true. Although, in fairness, Roger did actually turn down the invite to the beach that time. So they got out of that one.
2: Oh, good point. Well, when Liz comes home, she finds Jessica in a rotten mood. And why?
1: Oh, because the poor neglected Prince Albert
2: (laughs) (laughs) chewed up her brand new blouse. (laughs) Oh, doubtless silk. Has to be. (laughs) Maybe he's fed up with them the same way
1: we are. He's trying to send a message like, enough of the
2: fucking silk. (laughs) Try clean this, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) We're told that uh, Jess is already disillusioned with her title of Miss Teen Sweet Valley. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, she, uh, it turns out that there's a lot of really boring kind of um, speaking engagements involved in her new role. (laughs) And she keeps having to like go address like junior high classes and cut ribbons and she's just really fed off
2: <laughs> I mean who wants to have speeches from a 16 year old who's won a beauty pageant like, that's, <laughs> there's something unwholesome about that it's a bit weird <laughs> like isn't it she's speaking to the Rotary Club that once
1: <laughs> that's clearly just a bunch of old perverts
2: <laughs> mm. well uh, we're also told that things didn't even work out with Fraser who she was fucking obsessed with in the last book Oh, yes. Yeah. Apparently they
1: went on like two dates and then it was like, oh, and their match wasn't a match made in heaven, but we don't get any more details about it. It's like, why? Yeah. Didn't did you realise that she's a vapid bitch? Like what's <laughs> what's the dirt here? Come on.
2: <laughs> I'd like to see that revelation. First. <laughs> yeah. So um, Liz tells her about the barbecue and that among the people who are coming is Annie Whitman and Jessica Wonders if Annie and Tony are an item. Ooh. And that's kind of, I mean, I think that's like one of two Jessica scenes from, from this book. I'm quite glad. Because actually, yeah,
1: there's, it's very thin on the ground with the Jessica content, which is no harm after <laughs> she got enough spotlight in Miss Dean Sweet Valley, to be fair.
2: Absolutely. Well, cut to Friday and Liz and Todd are heading over to the Patman's uh, huge home, we're told, with its replete with signs of luxury and wealth. <laughs> And uh, Bruce answers the door, and he's in top form. I have oh my to say,
1: God, he's amazing in this book.
2: <laughs> so he
1: answers the door with an arrogant smile, of course, uh, and says, "Yeah, Bruce Patman easily managed to live up to the glamour surrounding him." Liz and Todd, he drawled, "I guess you've come for our rescue a hoodlum barbecue." <laughs> Oh, God, at this point, it's written Bruce, you asshole. Stop being so gas. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's being a dick, but he's so funny. <laughs> I
2: know. And he sneers at Roger for grilling hot dogs yeah. and says, gourmet choice, cousin. Because he apparently wanted salmon fillets or something. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to Liz's amusement, Roger, and this is kind of cool, just isn't a- phased at all by Bruce's bullshit. He's just like, yeah, whatever, Bruce. Keep you know, yammering on. Yeah. And Tony and Annie are out by the pool with Mitch, who is just like cartoonishly troubled teen. Very true. <laughs> yes. He says, I'm only here because I'm in trouble with a challenging look. And Liz, <laughs> Liz thinks that uh, he did look like a bit of a rough kid, but uh, he's wearing uh, black jeans and a black, oh, sorry,
1: Oh, no, it's fine. It's Does like,
2: that an outfit? Not, uh, not, I suppose. Yeah, kind of. But like, there's
1: not very many outfits. It's not a very outfitty book. So it's grand. Yeah.
2: OK, well, could you share what he's wearing? Sure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's a troubled teen. So, of course, he's wearing black. Um, <laughs> you only wear black if you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he was wearing black jeans and a black T-shirt with the name of a rock group Elizabeth had never heard of emblazoned across it. <gasps> uh, and one of his ears was pierced. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> he is a hooligan. <laughs> but even, all this can't uh, offset a certain fresh-faced boyishness about him. Uh-huh. And we're told how clean-cut Annie and Tony look next to them. Well, I mean, if Annie's wearing her Cloud 9 uniform, she certainly does.
1: Jesus, she's ridiculously wholesome looking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we're told how hunky Tony is. He's an all-American athlete.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, uh, Liz asks Roger how Mitch is doing and Roger says, he thinks sports are stupid or so he says, all he cares about is, is music. And I have to say, he's got the strangest taste of any kid I've ever met. I mean, I am a hundred percent Mitch. Like, I mean, if I turned up at that school, I would be the same. like
1: Very true. Like some band she hasn't heard of. It's like, yeah, cause it's not the droids like or the number <laughs> yeah. one. There's other bands.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, Yes, they're all really like, oh, he he really is a a troubled teen. Um, Him and his pierced ear. (laughs) Well, at the table, Bruce Bruce understandably gets bored by Tony. He talked about his workouts and just walks off. Yeah, I can't really blame him. (laughs) Uh, But Mitch seems to be intrigued.
1: Yeah, he's kind of, he's interested but pretending like he's not. But yeah, Liz can see that he is paying attention to what um what Tony and Roger are talking about.
2: Yeah, and Liz and Annie start go off to start grilling the burgers. Why is it this? Why is it Roger doing this? Like this is his party. Why has he got the girls?
1: Very true. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. So Liz asks Annie about her and Tony, and of course she blushes. Oh. <laughs> and uh yeah liz uh, she really likes him and liz is pleased for her especially as we were reminded how well-rounded he is so he makes time for her, even with his all the pressures of planning he's so level-headed you guys <laughs> if tony was ever not level-headed it would be extremely out of character and would show that something was wrong mm. <laughs> so they do notice mitch has started acting up
1: Oh, yeah, he kind of starts doing a big fake yawn. Um, Is that this bit? Yeah. Yeah, yawns. yeah, it is. And uh, Tony kind of sees him and he kind of tells him to cut it out that he's telling a story. And, like... Liz kind of notices that, um, yeah, like because Tony didn't ignore his behaviour, but didn't kind of call him any slack for it either. And Mitch kind of yeah. sits up a bit straighter and kind of stops what he's doing. So he does kind of shape up a little bit because of what mm. Tony had said to him. And yeah, uh, yeah Liz notices like a, an expression of grudging respect uh, on Mitch's face. So there might be a way to get through to this troubled team. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So on their way home, Tony thinks about how nice Annie smells (laughs) and he jokes about Mitch's rudeness. But Annie says that, you know, Roger wasn't firm enough with him, but uh, clearly Mitch responded well to Tony's tough but fair vibe. Mm. And when they finally reach Annie's house, they stop talking about troubled teens. Thank goodness. (laughs) And romance blossoms.
1: Oh, yeah, it is quite, like, new, their relationship. So it's like they haven't... They're still a bit unsure around each other, or he's certainly a bit unsure around her and kind of doesn't really know what to say to her. Um, But he kind of says that, you know, that he likes her a lot. And Annie says that she likes him too. And then Annie actually kisses Tony. Um, yeah. And... Tony thinks maybe some guys wouldn't have liked that, but Tony did. He liked her independence. (laughs) I was like, "All right, lovely." So they do actually make out a bit in the car, which is nice. But it's—I think—it's their first time kissing.
2: It is, yeah. yeah. And uh, Tony's besotted as he Mm -hmm. drives off. He thinks everything's coming up. Tony, (laughs) he does what what everybody does after a barbecue and a date. Sure. What else would you do? Only go to the gym? 10 o'clock on Friday night.
1: Sure, load of hot dogs.
2: <laughs> well, understandably, just the hardcore exercisers are there. And uh, we're told it was Tony's dad's idea to join the gym. And uh, we get Joe Esteban's backstory and it could be summed up my notes to say, shattered dreams, etc. Oh,
1: very succinct. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs>
2: It's the usual. He was a great football player in college and then he had to drop out of school and like he never got his chance to be a pro. Mm. Um and he didn't even get to finish college. Poor old Joe Westman. Poor Joe, yeah. So Tony's always welcomed his dad in- his dad's interest in his running, but now it's it's sort of getting more intense.
1: That's true, yeah. Because like his dad signed him up to this gym in the first place, and like is really, really invested in his mm. his running career. They like, keep calling it his career, and it's like he's still sixteen, you guys. Yes. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Tony's kind of getting worried that maybe his dad is kind of becoming a bit obsessed with how how Tony mm. does out on the track.
2: Yeah, there. They're, his dad is um, is going on about about times and talent scouts mm. all the time, and it's kind of the pressure is on. But yeah. Once Tony is in the gym, his worries fade away and he uh, chats to some of the um, the the other gym goers. Most of them are probably freshmen at the local community college and they're mostly in the weight room. And the one he knows best <laughs> is a muscular 18-year-old wrestler slash OTG <laughs> called... Lou Orton.
1: I mean, it's a very OTG name, to be fair.
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Like, the wrestler side of things, not so much. But we're just going to make it work. And we've decided he's an OTG.
2: <laughs> he gets authentically OTG in his. Uh, in, at one point, I have to say. That, that is he, true. But um, at the moment, they just sort of uh, chat about... I don't know, pressing weights. And I, as my notes yeah. say, no
1: idea what this means. Oh Yeah, it's, it's just, just however much Lou can bench, I think, is kind of what they're chatting about. Yes.
2: Is it good? I guess so. I sure. don't know. <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, of course, this is the way the Sweet Valley Youth the role. Lou was heading to the beach disco after the gym. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why not why wouldn't you want to go to the beach disco after getting all sweaty lifting <laughs>
2: <away>? <laughs> well maybe he's uh, hopped up on magic vitamins <laughs> <laughs> so uh tony declines the suggestion of um of going to the beach disco and we're told that sometimes he has the feeling there's just something about lou wharton and his friends both
1: yeah, this was kind of strange because it does seem like he likes Lou, but then it also yeah. seems like he doesn't really ever want to hang out with him outside of the context of yeah. the gym. So it's kind of he's kind of on the fence about Lou, even though it sounded at first like he was a friend of his. But yeah, yes. it's kind of a strange one.
2: Maybe he's got some instincts that Lou is absolutely mm. good. Um so he heads home and he's sort of braced for his dad's intrusive questions, but he feels guilty because obviously his dad just wants the best for him. Yeah. So the next day, Annie is uh, with the cheerleaders, and the, Jessica, of course, is giving her heart is grilling her about her and Tony's relationship. Because um, apparently, the only person who knows about it so far is her alleged best friend, Robin. Well, like, where the hell was Annie during the Perfect Girl?
1: Because like, Robin yeah. had no friends in that book, and it was particularly sad. But apparently, Annie is her best friend. So it's like, oh, okay, well. You've just decided that now, I suppose. But also they do describe uh, Annie as Jessica's friend. And I feel like that's a bit fucking rich, to be oh. honest.
2: Oh my God. I mean, I guess the one thing that Annie and Robin have in common is that they were both bullied to very extreme Okay, Fucking
1: terrorised by that bitch, Jessica Wakefield. So, I mean... <laughs> If anything, I want to Robin and Annie team up to just bring Jessica down.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Write that fan fiction, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all the, uh, so they're asking about Tony and Annie's like, oh, you know, it's early days. And all the girls are so sure Sweet Valley are going to win the racing meet. They're planning a victory party at the Dairy Burger with the droids. So, uh, yeah, the whole school has gone racing crazy
1: pretty much yeah they're all obsessed
2: they really are because we got cut to the racetrack for I guess it's, it's meet day mm-hmm. and the gang are all there um, Tom and Barry are there well, oh, uh, yes. Tom hasn't been put back in the uh, Sweet Valley Extras box um, back in the closet if you will <laughs> he's he's uh, he's part of the gang and um, Todd however is so silent that even Enid like whispers to Liz is anything up with them. And, of course, Liz is like, oh, he's fine. (laughs) There's no reason why he could possibly be a bit put out. So Tom points out talent scout Burr Davidson.
1: Excellent name. Love it.
2: (laughs) He really is. And, of course, he's there to see Tony. And uh, Tony, it all seems to be going well in his first race. But then what should happen in his second?
1: No, this is like his event is the 220, and this is the Mm. one that he usually nails. But there's this guy... Dean, is it Dean Maddingly? Um, So yeah, this is kind of his big competition for this race. And it kind of starts off really well. He gets going, has a nice lead. And then suddenly, like right at the finish line, he falls Um, Ah. and just like sprawls out on the ground and everybody freaks out and he's like oh my god my right Mm. knee and (gasps) he feels like he's pulled something so they end up having to like call an ambulance for him and it's extremely dramatic yes Um, like the coach rushes over and checks on him and like Tony's just like no Bert Davidson is here he saw everything and I've messed (laughs) it all up and like Tony's dad is straight over as well and uh He's kind of like, at first, he's like, Tony, are you okay? And then like, in an almost accusatory tone, he added, what happened out there? And it's like, don't give out to him.
2: (laughs) And then starts going on about how will this affect Tony's season, coach, and coach is like, "Eh, we need to make sure he's all right and get him to a hospital.
1: Yeah, priorities, dad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Tony's taken off to the Joshua Fowler Memorial Hospital, (laughs) which is the closest we get to a Lila reference in this book um and uh she Addie follows uh along with half the fucking school apparently
1: jesus they're so funny like if anyone goes near the hospital it's like there's 20 other people in an entourage following them (laughs) to hang around the waiting room and annoy everybody
2: (laughs) oh can you imagine what the staff of that hospital must think
1: they must be sick so (laughs) sick at the sight of these kids (laughs)
2: <laughs> but uh, Annie uh, doesn't have to wait Too long to get news Mrs Esteban calls around to see Tony And it turns out he um, he's going to be grand
1: yeah he tore a tendon in his knee so he has to stay off his leg completely for a week and has to get crutches on the way home and tony's like
2: no but
1: but the doctor's like look you'll have to ice it you'll feel some pain like i'll give you painkillers and like you will be able to go running again you just need to definitely take it easy for this week and then kind of see how you go
2: yeah he's gonna be on anti-inflammatories and stuff Mm. and uh he's gonna go the doc's gonna refer him to to a physio and of course mr esteban is all like oh my son's got talent scouts coming to see him so he's got very important races but miss that's about. Is like uh, those race are going to have to wait. He's got to heal first. And mm. the doctor says, "Look, if you're still in pain after a month, um, we can revisit." But you, you know, just basically be patient, and you should be fine. Yeah. Um. So when the doctor and Tony's parents leave the room, Tony expresses his anguish he can't rest for a whole
1: month oh no yeah he's like no the all-county meet is only seven weeks away so he's going to need to be training like for all that time pretty much for it because they also have meets like all the way up to this all-county yeah. which is like the big ones all these like little ones <laughs> like every weekend until then but yeah he's just kind of latching on to the fact that he had said a month uh that he might still be feeling pain and then he's kind of saying well he didn't say it would take a month for you to get better but yeah tony is just Disgusted with this news, and is just like I can't leave it this long. I have to get back. Like this is going to take too long, and like it's it's literally just happened. Um, so he'll be doing well to stay off it for the week. It sounds like the way things are going.
2: Goodness, yeah. So, uh, because the next day he's uh, he's feeling a lot better, but he's given out about being on the crutches, and he just can't understand how he fell. Um. So he's he's in a state, even though everybody, including Coach Schultz, who is yes, this is when we find out he's the Sweet Valley High athletic director. Oh, that's
1: what it is. Yes, okay.
2: The multiple under coaches. So I seem to remember <laughs> he was coaching in uh, in old rags to riches.
1: He was. You're right. Is he also or... the football coach?
2: Oh my god! I, yeah, don't I think know.
1: he is. <laughs> he wears many hats as a coach. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And uh, among his, uh, Tony's visitors is Roger, who has a gift for him, from Mitch. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: Mitch has made him, is it like a mixtape? It's a, a cassette of some rock group neither Roger nor Tony had ever heard of. On the package were scribbled the words, Tony, sorry you hurt your leg. Get better soon.
2: <laughs> oh, so <little sweet>. <laughs> Yeah. Um And uh, yes, of course, Roger makes a crack about, oh, there won't be very restful music. It's like, well, I mean, the teenagers here just listen to either the droids or smooth jazz.
1: jazz. <laughs> if they heard a metal song, they'd just fall apart.
2: <laughs> I was wondering what he's listening to. Like somebody like Fugazi or something. Probably. I really hope
1: they just throw in some kind of a reference to something fucking contemporary <laughs> or some cool band. But yeah, we have no idea. We'll have to just wonder ourselves at what Mitch is listening to
2: (laughs) yes suggestions listeners suggestions (laughs) Uh, so uh, yeah Tony like I guess it's later that day uh, is feeling um, he's just bored and he checks with his physio if he can use the whirlpool at the gym and who of course says he can and when he arrives at the gym he um, he, everybody's asking him how long he's going to be you know, have to rest up for. Mm. And then one of Lou's friends makes a remark that uh that seems quite intriguing.
1: Yeah. So this guy Randy uh joins the conversation and says, Oh Lou, you should give him some of your magic vitamins and <laughs> kind of says it with a wink and says, Yeah, a week or two on those you won't feel any pain. And Tony's like, What do you mean? And then Lou frowned and snapped his towel at Randy. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to get lost and he's like I oh, don't know don't worry about it it's just stuff that me and the other wrestlers take to help us beef up a little hmm what could that be yes
2: <laughs> well Tony's uh, impressed when he hears how Randy has uh, has put on like 20 pounds thanks to these vitamins and uh, Tony can't believe is, is amazed vitamins could do that and Lou says they're not exactly vitamins
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but maybe they could help Tony heal faster hmm <laughs> Well, we cut to Monday at school, and Tony's frustrated with his crutches and his knee doesn't feel better. And he hurt, got a call from Burr Davidson asking him when he's going to be racing again. So. Yeah,
1: why is this coach ringing up underage student athletes? Why isn't he talking to his coach or like, yes? His dad? Like, why Why are you ringing up 16 year old Burr Davidson? <laughs> <laughs> I need some questions about this talent scout. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, um, I mean, how did you even get the number? There's. Oh so many questions well um tony is almost, is kind of he's just so frustrated and when annie tries to calm him down he does apologize because he is a well-rounded guy he's so level-headed <laughs> and annie has an interesting idea of how to uh distract him from his woes oh
1: yeah she um she reckons they should go play mini golf yeah. More mini golf.
2: <laughs> that was in last week's Private Beat Alpha episode, everybody. Uh, there was a whole mini golf uh, subplot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's mini golf crazy around here these days.
2: <laughs> well, we cut to the miniature golf course where Mitch is all, what is this game? Gee, <laughs> of my knees. Yes, Cause No one likes a fellow with a social disease. <laughs> well, he says, we don't play this in the city. It's like, how the fuck have you never heard of miniature golf, Mitch? Come on. Also, there,
1: there is definitely crazy golf in LA, so that's just a full on lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Tony is all, look, it, it's really good fun. And Mitch grudgingly gives in. And it's clear to Roger, he's impressed by how much Mitch respects Tony. And uh, meanwhile, Annie is pouring her heart out to Saint Liz. Oh,
1: God, <laughs> yeah.
2: She Annie wishes she could help Tony, but she's she's just worried he's going to push himself. He's so frustrated, he's going to push himself uh, before he's ready, and make the yeah. injury worse. Meanwhile, poor old Toddles is rightly pissed off. <laughs> You could actually use
1: the, the footage of him snapping his golf club in, in <laughs> half from last week's bet Alpha episode. It would all track perfectly here. Oh my God, it would. <laughs> yeah, so he's just annoyed that um, she... Oh yeah, Liz is after agreeing to do some other thing. Oh, yeah, no, they were supposed to go. This is the when they were supposed to go for their bike ride, apparently, this afternoon. Um, oh, yes. And uh, she hadn't told Todd, apparently, that her plans had changed to involve four other people. Um, <laughs> so he's just getting fed up of always hanging out in crowds uh, with her and never getting time to see her on her own. So, yeah, it's it's really kind of becoming an issue now with them.
2: Oh, and I mean, it's it's again we're we're told that Liz is like it was beginning beginning to look like Tom's desire to spend time alone with her was much more serious than she'd imagined. It's like he keeps telling you this, Tom. Liz, to be fair, he is
1: communicating what he wants, and she's just choosing to ignore it. <laughs>
2: yes. On a happier note, Mitch wins the miniature golf game, and he's all happy, and he gruffly thanks Tony for his help. Oh. oh so on friday roger goes to tony asking for a favor because the welfare of this troubled teen as you said earlier has been left in the hands of more children
1: it's ridiculous carry on like where the oh fuck God. are hank and marie in all of this it's so silly yes. <laughs>
2: can you tell us what's happened
1: So yeah, the latest development with Mitch is that he's in trouble again because uh, Marie found an empty beer bottle in his bedroom and she wants to send him back to his mother. So Roger has talked her into letting him stay, but it's his last chance. And apparently, like Hank had been kind of good enough yeah. with Mitch, but now he's kind of like, yeah, let's fucking ship this kid back. Why is he our problem <laughs> all of a sudden? Which, you know, you could also understand. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he Roger wants Tony uh, to chat with Mitch, just because he does seem to to respect Tony and care about what he has to say. So Roger wants him to try and just have a chat with him about the drinking. And uh, he's just, you know, he needs to understand how easy it is to go from sneaking a couple of beers to having a real drinking problem. Oh. So, um, yeah, so they're like, how did he even get the beer? It's like, I bet you Bruce gave it to.
2: Him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, like it's like we're going to send him off to a good role model for five weeks, and he's going to be mostly hanging out in Bruce Patman's house. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> somebody
1: did not think this through.
2: <laughs> Very good point. Um. So yeah, Tony um is uh, is happy to 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 help, and he suggests that um Roger take Mitch to the track meet on Saturday, um so he can watch the others one, and he can play Big Brother um so uh we cut to the race where Mitch is unimpressed
1: yeah he's just like I don't get it what's the point all these guys line up and run around in a cycle (laughs) what do they get out of it anyway (laughs) we've decided he's a baby OTG I think
2: yes he's he's like the uh the G Officer Kruppi uh um, singers in West Side Story (laughs) yeah
1: like, this is what happens if Bruce calls him a hood, and we're just going to run with it. <laughs> oh. oh, we are.
2: Um, so Tony goes into this uh, lyrical description of what he gets out of running, but Mitch is all like, "I'm a lousy runner. I'm a waste in my school." <laughs> and actually, in fairness to Tony, instead of going, "You should love sports like everyone in Sweet Valley," he yeah. actually says, "Well, maybe your thing will be music, not sports. Like, there's everybody has something that they really love, but you know, whatever that is, they have to." play fair in their own, you know, on whatever the sort of rules of engagement are yes. in that field. Um, and then he tells Mitch a story about how uh, he knew somebody who drank and then he got in the car when he was drunk and then he had an accident and his girlfriend was, uh, you know, seriously injured.
1: Yeah, it's all very vague. It's like mm. she was badly hurt. And Mitch was like, was she okay in the end? And he's like, not okay. She got a little better, but she'll never be the same. And it's like, that's absolutely... There's no details there whatsoever, is there now, Tony?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, it's a very convenient little anecdote. Mm. And uh, he, yeah, Mitch figures out that Roger told um, Tony about the beer. And Tony's all like, you're just too, you're too young. And Twinkie won't solve your problems. And then it's actually very poignant because Mitch says like, oh, it's easy for you. You're, you know, you're really good at this thing. And you've got your parents are really supportive and, you know, I don't have all of that and nobody cares about me no. Tony's like I do is it wrong that it's actually quite touching I mean you know to be fair
1: this is this is the, the hand that both Tony and Mitch have been dealt and they are making the best of it
2: yes and uh, Tony does tell him to uh, talk to Project Youth nothing comes of that
1: no thank god <laughs> it's like I was talking to Amy Sutton going to improve anything
2: oh my god <laughs> Um, so yeah, Tony's really conscious about despite all this bravado, this troubled teen is very, is barely a teen. So
1: yeah, he's literally vulnerable. 13, like he's so young. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So afterwards, Annie takes Tony to the doctor. And uh, again, Tony apologizes, he's been a bit, you know, grouchy and frustrated recently. Um, but he's sure he'll be running at the next meet. Um, and when they the get to the doctor, Tony he does have good news, but Tony isn't listening really to the full advice
1: yeah um yeah because the doctor says you know i'll be well you don't need to use the crutches anymore so that's good but he said look you're still going to feel a bit of tenderness in the knee um he says yeah i don't see any reason why you can't start running again but don't expect miracles because you know it's not going to be overnight healing um so all tony heard was i don't see any reason why you can't start running again he's Mm. like i'm free i can he just like refrain him from jumping up and down and bolting out of the office so he kind of yeah doesn't really listen to the recommendations which is to like you know not overdo it like work back up to your speeds gradually you know ice it every night all the this kind of mm. stuff so all he's heard is you can run again so he's just like nice one I'm out of here
2: yes and we're told he was so happy he almost didn't notice the dull pain in his <sighs> knee almost oh, <laughs> no <laughs> So he hits the track with Roger later, but his times are terrible. No, no. Yeah. So his knee
1: is kind of sore, um, but he just, and he also just feels like he's running with a weight attached to his leg.
0: Um,
1: And Roger tries to reassure him. He's like, look, obviously you're not going to be back hundred percent the first day you're back running. Um, But Tony's just like, no, my times are terrible. This is ridiculous. Um, and uh yeah, Roger's like, you know, maybe you should wait a while before coming back to practice, but Tony's just like no, I'll have to they keep telling me to wait a while and he's sick and tired of waiting. Like it has mm-hmm. has it even been a week at this stage? No, um, don't think so. But he's just like, Oh, so much for his fantasies about Burr Davidson and the Olympics <sighs> and you know, living up to his father's expectations and he's just really down on himself now and he's like, I need to do something fast and he's just yeah. kind of starting to get really desperate very quickly.
2: Yes. And when he goes to his physio, his physio again says, Look, this is all normal, like don't be so hard on yourself. You're mm. Um, he just can't accept basically the natural healing process. Pretty much, it yes. Takes a few weeks and not five days. Yeah. So he heads to the gym for a swim because at least he can do that. But he even his poo his his uh, speed in the in the water is slower than usual. So just sort of adds to his rage. And then he goes into the changing room, and who should he meet there? Why, it's Lou Orton again. <laughs> it is. And Lou asks about the knee and says, you can see Tony's not putting his full weight in it. And when Tony admits it's taking longer to heal than he thought it would, Lou says maybe he can help.
1: Yeah. So Lou's like, remember I was telling you about those magic vitamins I've got. So he says that a friend of his is a sports doctor upstate and he prescribes them for him. He's like, they're not cheap, though. And I can only get them for close friends.
2: (laughs) Yes, my I'm an 18 year old uh, first year college student and mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a sports doctor upstairs. Mm, you wouldn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> he Doctors at another school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Tony is is kind of like, ah, my doctor just gave me cortisone pills and basically some glorified aspirin. But Lou was all, ah, yeah, well, there are different <laughs> rules in the south of the state. You can only get these bills up north.
1: <laughs> oh, Tony, come on now.
2: <laughs> but she's such a big idiot. Um, he is. He then dismisses it because he's like, oh, well, I don't want to bulk up. Like, you know, I'm not doing weights. I'm a runner. But Lou is like, no, they won't do that to you. They'll just get oxygen into your blood to help you heal faster. Uh-huh. And then Lou strikes a killer blow. <laughs> um,
1: yeah he kind of says you know it's up to you and I'm not going to force him. he says oh I'll tell you though I've seen too many guys throw away their careers because of one stupid injury you get hurt you slow down you lose confidence and somehow by the end of the season you're just another good athlete when you could have been a champion <laughs>
2: <laughs> you could have been a contender <laughs> oh Tony <laughs> well this really works on Tony and when Lou offers to give him a few magic vitamins for (laughs) ten books. Tony agrees.
1: He does. He's really like the sales pitch has just exactly hit all of Tony's fears. So, yeah, he's he's in and he's uh, he buys his magic vitamins and uh, yeah, he's just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll try anything. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like, yeah, OK, let's do this thing.
2: And the best is when he asks, well, what, what exactly are like these are prescription drugs? What are they called? Mm. And it was like, I always forget these long medical names. And then Winks and says, <laughs> just call them magic vitamins like the rest of us do. <laughs> It's totally legit. Literally <laughs> winking and saying, call them magic vitamins.
1: Yeah, they also come in like a tiny plastic bag, which is always <laughs> the mark of some very above
2: board drugs. So <laughs> above board. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony takes the pills and uh, off he goes. And he's sure that, you know, Lou Lou knows the score about athletics more than Dr. Griffin and the physio. Because <laughs> what would they know? Yeah. Um, and uh Yeah, after dinner, he takes his first magic vitamin. Mm. He's sure he'll be as good as new soon. Well, next day the magic vitamins have certainly kicked in. Fucking
1: something's kicking in anyway. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Because what's Tony up to in the corridor?
1: Like, he scoops Annie up in the corridor and runs down the hallway with her. <laughs> and he's like, what is happening? Put me down. You're supposed to be taking it easy. <laughs> um, but he's like, oh, this is me trying to sweep you off your feet uh, and asks her if she wants to go see a movie with him tonight. And uh, She's like, yeah, nice one. But um, yeah, so he's... I think they're also bringing... Like, oh, yeah, Roger and some friend of his called Sarah from yeah. Palisades High and Mitch I- is coming. So like way to make Mitch feel like the fucking gooseberry there. Lad.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Because even Annie says something like, oh, it'll be a double and a half date. Yeah. Like, why is Mitch? like He could stay home alone for a, a night in the Patman mansion. You would think. but Also, uh, maybe hmm. he could go to some club or something where he'd actually meet kids his own age.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know why uh, Why this is what's happening, but look, there you go. <laughs> They're bringing him on a double date. I mean, this is going to be awkward for Mitch as well.
2: Oh, my God. That's excruciating. <laughs> well, Tony reveals that he had to talk with Coach Featherston and he's going back to practice on Monday and annie has been unsettled. But Tony says, look, I was back to my... You know, I'll, I'll be fine. And uh, I was wrong about how long it would take me to get back to normal. And he's joking around in a cheerful mood. And Annie tells herself she's being silly, sort of worrying about him rushing things. And she yeah, should.
1: she feels like he's he's kind of getting back to things a bit too quickly.
2: Mm. But, you know, she says, look, I should be th- tells herself she should be celebrating him being, you know, back up, tip top form. Mm. On Friday, Liz looks for Todd because they haven't fixed their weekend plans. But when he uh, when she finds him, she has a rude awakening. Oh,
1: this is so rude. So Todd's chatting to like Aaron Dallas and Winston in the corridor. And when she comes up to him, she's like, oh, Todd. And he's like, can I call you at home, Elizabeth? He asks neutrally, <laughs> like, ah, fucking what's this, you little bitch? Oh, my God. Don't be so rude to your girlfriend. <laughs> she's like like, oh god it's yeah it's very rude but yeah she eventually gets to pull him aside anyway and he's like okay liz what's up and it's like um okay sorry to bother you
2: (laughs) But in fairness, I really don't blame him because she's all flirty and is like, oh, can we meet later? Or And he's like, oh, I have a meeting about the kids' basketball team. And she has, this is news to her apparently, but he points out he did tell her about it twice.
1: Oh, yeah, that's not great. <laughs>
2: um, so she's like, maybe we can meet tomorrow. And he's like, oh, there'll be a big party for the track meet. So I guess we'll be with a big gang as usual. <laughs> and then off he goes.
1: Yeah, yeah very cold from Dad. <laughs>
2: Well, he's been pushed to the limit.
1: It's true. I mean, yeah, to be fair, he has been communicating what he wants and she has just been ignoring it. So, yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, he's, he's a desperate man. <laughs> a few days later, Tony is back at, uh, at the at running practice and everybody's delighted to see him. And we're told that after not even a whole week of taking the pills, um, he's convinced they're not only magical, but miraculous. Mm, the pain in his knee is almost completely gone. Mm. So he does really well at practice, but then he notices something. Uh yeah, he says
1: that his yeah, well his times during his first practice weren't the greatest, but he still just feels really good uh being out and
2: uh But he only has a running. few pills left.
1: Oh yes, that's the other thing. Sorry, <gasps> I was distracted because there's a point where Coach Featherson snaps a towel at him. <laughs> I <was> like, Stop <laughs> snapping towels at to students. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of towel has- snapping in this book. <laughs>
2: it really is. <laughs> well he realizes he's gonna have to go back to the towel snapper in Chief Lou. <laughs> To the tail-snapping capital that is the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and for a second it crosses his mind, oh yeah, I don't actually know what these pills are. Maybe I should find out. Mm, maybe. <laughs> so he heads to the gym and finds Lou working out and uh, sings the praises of the magic vitamins and says he needs more. But then he has, uh, he's the, it's his turn to have a rude awakening.
1: Oh yeah, so uh, Lou says that he doesn't Oh yeah, he can get him a month's supply, uh, but that's as many as he'll be able to get a hold of at any one time. And it's going to cost him $100. So Tony's like, (gasps) whoa, what the fuck? He's like uh, about to kind of give out and lose like $10 was a special deal. I told (laughs) (laughs) you. Yeah, so he got on this like special deal for the first batch. uh, But apparently the guy he's getting them from raised his prices and he's like, yeah, you don't have to buy them from me. It's a free country.
2: (laughs) (gasps) So Tony thinks of his dad and Burr Davidson and he's like, no, I want them. And he cries desperately and uh, Lou isn't going to get his hands on this uh, latest um, shipment until <laughs> next week. Uh-oh. And um, Tony realises he only has four left so he's going he's gonna to want out. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lou says, I don't forget the money. A $100 cash. No money, no pills. (laughs) And then he winks again. He's he's mad for now wink, isn't he? He says just ask Randy if you don't believe me. I'm terrible when guys can't pay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Tony still doesn't realise how shady this is, by the way, even though don't like seriously. Lou might as well be wearing a little Al Capone outfit. Like <laughs> he might be Truly. dressed up like like Jimmy Cagney. Like it's this is is <laughs> just ridiculous. I mean, how clueless can you be, Tony? <laughs>
1: Oh, Tony! Oh, this is it because I suppose he had meant to ask Lou what was actually in the pills as well at this point, but just you know, all the intimidation kind of threw him off slightly. So he still doesn't know what they are or what's in them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but come on, Tony! They're very clearly dodgy. Yes,
2: and also he was saving for air conditioning for his car, but it's that's out of the window now because he has to spend it all on magic fishaments. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Well, the next day, Jessica uh, finds Liz, who's all miserable, and uh, she doesn't see what Liz could have to be miserable about, because unlike uh, Jessica, Liz doesn't have to spend her Tuesday evening addressing a local junior high as Miss Teen Sweet Valley. <laughs> <laughs> what Like, what sort of speech is she going to give? What
1: could she possibly be talking to them about?
2: <laughs> Out of
1: school hours as well, it's <laughs> <laughs> evening. You yeah. to come back in. Oh, God, you'd be raging, wouldn't you? <laughs> What the fuck am I doing having to go back to school to listen to this one?
2: <laughs> well, Liz admits she has no plan. Todd cancelled their study date and she admits she didn't take him seriously Meant him wanting alone time and uh, now he doesn't want to see her alone.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of blowing her off and not really hanging out with her at all now, which isn't super mature of him either, to be fair. But um, yeah, Jessica's like, oh, it sounds like he's paying you back and giving you a taste of your own medicine. Uh, mm. So she says, why don't you plan a, a really romantic evening with him? So Jess reckons all all they need is a really fantastic night to get the chemistry back because it's <laughs> like they've been married for the last 35 years and they're not what? two fucking 16 year olds.
2: <laughs> Look, that is, I mean, they're meant to be a couple of, Horny teenagers. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I mean, I guess they have been technically going out for about seven years. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jessica, uh, as a joking suggestion... (laughs)
1: Oh, God. Yeah. She's like, why don't you kidnap him and take him up to Miller's Point, she, su- she suggested with a giggle. <laughs> Liz is like, kidnap him? You know, you're pretty smart for a beauty pageant winner. You may have hit on something. It's like, oh, God, no, she hasn't. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, because then, insanely, Liz thinks kidnapping Todd might just be the answer. She- <laughs> No, it's never the answer. How was that the answer? <laughs> yes, she'd been too insensitive to hear him when he had been pleading with her for some time alone. Now she was going to have to take extreme measures to show oh. him she'd gotten his message loud and clear.
1: Oh, my God. Come on now.
2: <laughs> I mean, Carl the Ortony's shack is probably still there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get the frozen pancakes out, lads. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, a few days later, Tony is feeling better and better as he takes the last magic vitamin.
1: Ooh, that's it. So now he's got a few days of a gap before the next load of them will be in, so he's kind of worried now how how that's gonna go for him because at the minute he's absolutely in flying form mm. and he's running at top speeds, doesn't feel a single twinge in his knee. And uh, he's actually beaten his last uh, best time in his, his two twenty event. So he's he's doing great.
2: Yeah. And it's not even just the one he feels strong, clear headed, on top of the world. Mm. He's even concentrating better on his classes. Um but the only issue is for roll Annie oh yeah he says uh he feels
1: like he's been withdrawing from her and like all he wants to think about is running because he's just <sighs> so focused now on on track and all the meets and all the all county stuff and he's starting to feel like annie is getting in the way of that um because they have plans to go out on the weekend but now he's just not as enthusiastic as he had been about it so it's kind of like oh he's just yeah he's starting to feel like she's an obstacle more so than you know his girlfriend mm. which isn't great
2: no it is not so on Friday, Roger asks what him and Annie are up to at the weekend. and when Tony is vague. Roger is like, look, she's really nice. Like, you should treat her properly. Um, hmm. But Tony's like, oh, I need to consider my running. And, um, you know, um, my dad thinks attitude is what counts. And you've got to want to kill the competition. And dad thinks Annie will get in the way. And Tony, Roger's like, your dad's not right on this one. But Tony gets all like, my dad's always right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's like he's always right when it comes to me. And then like very cruelly, now he doesn't
1: say it, but he thinks like Roger hadn't known his own father. He didn't (gasps) know how crucial a father's advice and support could be, which is like some real dickish behavior there, Tony. Maybe fucking reel that in a little bit. (laughs) My
2: God, it really is. But before he can say any more, thank goodness he doesn't tell Roger that because that would be the end of the friendship right now, right there. And rightly so. Two seniors enter the locker room and what could they be talking about?
1: Yeah, in a a very convenient conversation. Uh, Oh my God. These two guys, Dan and Nick, are talking about uh, how they they can't believe someone like Don would take steroids. Uh, And they're chatting about how this guy, oh yeah, my my brother's best friends with his roommate at Sweet Valley College. And uh, apparently this guy Don got really obsessive about winning the college title in Men's Butterfly. Somebody knew got him started on steroids. The coaches found (gasps) out and he was cut from the team. And apparently Don was like a champion swimmer. And now it's all gone down the drain because of steroids.
2: And we're told steroids Thanks Tony He'd heard about them sure (laughs) No one who was serious about sports hadn't But what were they exactly By the way this is just three years After Ben Johnson ran the Olympics And was then stripped of his medals And kicked off the Olympic team And that was huge at the time Like Everybody knew it It's how everybody my age would really know what steroids are Uh, I at this stage Terrifyingly are the same age as the sweet and um, the same age as the Sweet Valley Gang because I was <laughs> I turned sixteen in nineteen ninety one. Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like there's absolutely I I understand that this is like entire book is basically a PSA, but after the Ben Johnson thing, like. Everybody knew what steroids were. So the idea that any of them—and there is almost there is a reference to this later on. They don't name them, but like mm. there's a bit where Andy's like, "Wasn't there some guy in the Olympic team?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just it, it, the idea that Tony'd be like, "Huh, yeah." what are steroids? I mean,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it is very after-school special kind of, isn't it? That it's like, yes. mm, what are these steroids?
2: It's like something very, very high profile that everybody of all ages would have known about, including <laughs> children.
1: Yeah, something very topical and current at the time of publication, so come yeah. on now.
2: <laughs> well, Dim Bulb Tony finally realises that, the, oh, maybe the magic vitamins are steroids. Oh, oh no. I, really, I really should find out what's in them. Yes, yeah, Tony, you should. But they come in a time Tiny plastic bag. They're surely legit. Oh, <laughs> I got them at a gym from somebody called Lou, who said not to ask any questions. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we cut to Saturday night at the Dairy Burger. Where Liz complains that all her dates with Todd these days are in a big crowd because it's yet another spontaneous running <laughs> celebration.
1: And there's like this running meets every fucking weekend. So does that mean every weekend they're having a big celebration in the Dairy Burger or the Beach Disco? I think
2: so. <laughs> So Liz realises Todd was right and she just didn't pay attention to him and she heads to the loo with Edith to tell her about her deluded plan. But who should they meet? But Annie.
1: Ooh, yeah. Uh, they meet her there and she... Yeah, she kind of asked them, have they noticed something kind of different about Tony lately? Yeah. Um, And she's like, you know, it's just he, she can't really put her finger on what it is, but she's like, he's just a bit more competitive than he used to be. Because, you know, he's very level-headed normally. Um, and she's like, yeah, he's just kind of going on and on about the guys that he beat today in the the races. And he's like, oh, maybe it's just because, you know, he's in the middle of, of the track season and it's all, you know, kind of yeah. hyping up at the minute. Uh, and that, you know, maybe his, his injury has kind of made a difference in his attitude and he feels like he has to work extra hard now. But she just feels like something's a bit off with him, and they they kind of try to reassure her. But she's just like, no, I just have a feeling that something's changed with him.
2: Mm. And he's normally, as you say, so level headed and calm. This is so out of character. He's a well rounded guy. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Eden says sympathetically God, sometimes I hate sports <laughs> <laughs> Very relatable <laughs> Damn right, Eden Well, uh, yeah and, and Liz is of course very sympathetic Because Annie's wondering is this the end of the world for her and Tony Meanwhile, Tony's having a great old time Bagging on about his race times again And somehow Mitch is interested in Hearing about Tony's boring running strategy yeah,
1: I I mean, I I know, I, like, it's nice that Mitch, like, respects Tony and all that, but this does not sound particularly interesting, no matter how obsessed with the guy you were. Um, so, yeah, like, he's just holding court about how amazingly well he did uh, mm. earlier that day. And, yeah, going on about how he knew this guy he was racing, that how he, he runs, he uses up all his energy at mm. the start, and then it scares the other runners. But, yeah, whatever, or what's-his-face, Tony knew how to... <laughs> to- to to run the race so that he'd beat this guy. Uh, But Mitch is just like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're so cool. So it's, uh, yeah, he's 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 obsessed and the obsession yes. continues anyway with Tony because uh, he just thinks he's extremely cool.
2: Yes. Um, and Roger's bored and was brain, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> like, and Roger cares about running. And the thing is, like some of my nearest and dearest are really into running. And they do not talk about like they don't talk like this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. Like Ro- Roger is as invested in all of this as Tony. And even he's kind of fed up of hearing about it now. Yeah.
2: Um. So. Um. Yeah, he t- Roger, Tony starts uh, thinking about, uh, you know, his magic vitamins, but he still has time to give Roger some unwanted advice about his own running technique. Despite <gasps> Roger's total lack of enthusiasm in this.
1: Yeah, it's like extremely unsolicited. And Roger is kind of sarcastic <laughs> as he's giving him this advice. And he's just like, oh, my God, fuck off, will you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Annie appears and reminds Tony she has to be back by midnight and it takes Tony a second to realise that he's meant to be giving her a lift home so he sort of grudgingly tears himself away from his running diatribes
1: yeah because he actually thinks what a pain as he has to get up and and bring her home and (gasps) kind of feels like he'd much rather stay and and talk about the meet with Roger like Roger's quite happy that he's going (laughs) but uh, yeah he'd sooner kind of carry on this whole conversation uh, rather than actually hang out with Annie which is a bit like oh come on now, Tony
2: yeah. So in the car, his knee is throbbing at the thought of a day, another day without the magic oh, no! And when Annie asks if he's OK, um, this is sort of reminding him that maybe he really should have something to worry about with his steroid use. And they drive in silence. Um, it's just really awkward. But when they reach Annie's house, Tony does apologise to her and ask her to sort of put up with him for a bit longer.
1: Yeah, he kind of like realizes how much he does actually like her and feels guilty about how he's been kind of pushing her away and being yeah. a distant with her. Um, and yeah, just kind of says, "Look, you know, please don't, please don't bail out on me. Uh, you know, once once all this is over, I'll be able to calm down and my life will go back to normal." But Annie's kind of like, you know, okay, look, I'll I'll hang in there for you. But she's like, I don't know if you can really divide up your life like that. Like mm. Annie's very reasonable. She's like, I, yeah. you know, I'm not sure you can switch on one kind of behavior during track season and expect to switch it off when the season's over. And then he's like, oh, God, she doesn't even know the half of yeah. what's going on um, and knows that she's upset because he's been kind of intense and aggressive. Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, God, imagine how she'd feel now. She knew what I'm what I'm really up to. But he's he's still kind of glad that they've chatted and is like, no, I, I do really like her. Yeah. Um, but then realizes that, yeah, apparently earlier his dad had told him. Pretty much to break up with Annie, yeah. if not like put some distance between them. So he kind of realizes now that he's gone against what his dad had said, mm. and starts to wonder. You know, maybe his father wasn't always right. Mm,
2: <laughs> maybe. Um, and uh, we're going to take a break right now, uh, listeners, in the midst of this oh, steroid fueled, <laughs> this void rage. Oh no! <laughs> to tell you about another member of the Headstuff Plus stable.
1: Yeah, so as you know, they were part of the Head Stuff podcast network. There's loads of great shows uh, on there, and this week uh, we're going to tell you about the world according to Wikipedia, which uh, it, it lifts the lid on the weird and wonderful world of Wikipedia. That's a lot of W's, but I, I got
2: there. <laughs> well
1: done. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a show that takes a long look at the inner workings of Wikipedia and the people that keep it running. So it's all to do with like the editors and the people who go in and, and fix stuff about articles and. It, it's, it does seem like a really interesting look at the kind of behind the scenes stuff about Wikipedia.
2: And you can hear a little sample of it right now.
1: The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcast of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia.
2: And now, back to Sweet Valley. Where, by the way, we often do use Wikipedia to look up uh, Sweet Valley details. And as uh, those of you who are in Pi Beta Alpha know, um, it's the Wikipedia episode descriptions are what we would read out instead of blurbs. They're delightfully shoddy and we have great fun with them. They're very incoherent sometimes. Oh, it's great.
1: You need to tighten it up, editors. Absolutely. God, yes. Somebody pay attention to that page. But, you know, it's got its own kind of wonky charm, I think, at this stage. Oh, it certainly does.
2: (laughs) Well, back in Sweet Valley, Tony heads to the gym um, and he's really stressed until he finds Lou. But Lou doesn't have the pills. And when Tony asks what's in them, Lou goes full OTG. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, he says, uh, listen, you want to be a customer, right? (laughs) I got two rules for customers. The first is, they pay cash. The second is, they don't ask me any questions. Got it. <laughs> He's also wearing mirrored sunglasses when he appears, which is oh, yeah. phenomenal.
2: <laughs> I imagine him mirrored sunglasses, spats, Tommy Gunn and a violin, at the full, uh, Gordon, the violin, the full thing.
1: <laughs> He's also a wrestler, keep in mind, but you know oh, what? Yeah we're making it work. We're kind of forgetting about the wrestling part. So he could actually be wearing a tank top and shorts right now, but Ooh. it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> maybe he's wearing a Mexican wrestling mask. Oh, maybe.
1: But you know, whatever he's wearing, he's got the soul of a, of a spats wearing gangster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, that now this is, the, that, that moment was when he does go actually OTG because when he says Hopefully. you want to be a customer, right? It's yes! just... <laughs> we didn't have to make that up, listeners. That's in the book.
1: <laughs> Canon.
2: <laughs> yes, he is canonically OTG <laughs> and uh, Tony is as freaked as if he really were without gun-toting OTG uh, <laughs> because this is proof that the pills are Dodge.
1: Yes, he's like, look, if there wasn't something dangerous or illegal about these pills, Lou would have told him straight out what was in mm. them. So he's kind of like, oh shit, this is not good.
2: <gasps> but then he thinks about all the scholarships he might be able to get at the end, you know, from this, uh, this racing season and maybe even getting scouted for the Olympics and he knows what he's going to do.
1: Oh no, yeah, so he says, look, he needed them, at least until the all-county meet, and once he's done well in that meet, he vowed he'd never go near Lou and his pills again.
2: <gasps> so Lou tells him to come back in a few days with a hundred bucks and then says, and quit following me around, it doesn't look right. <laughs> and he just strolls off, and poor old Tony feels sick, No, so what he might So on Monday, Coach Featherston is in a foul mood. He's giving out to everybody about how they need to make sacrifices and push themselves. And Tony hasn't had a pill since Friday, and he is dreading having to race. Um, And uh, when um, Roger jokes about Coach Featherston's um, ranting, Tony is like, well, the team is too sloppy. And... (laughs) Roger jokes about him being brainwashed by the coach and Tony's response shows the effect of those magic vitamins.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, Tony's like, oh, get out of here and gives Roger a playful slug on the shoulder as they ran. He didn't mean to hit him hard, but the surprised look <laughs> on Roger's face told Tony he had. Poor Roger's had to get an absolute dig in the arm there. And he's like, whoa, what the fuck
2: is this? <laughs> the mental image that suggests... <laughs> So they hit the track and Tony and Roger are race are paired together to to race. But when Tony gets in the lead, or sorry, when Roger gets in the lead, something happens.
1: Oh, this is so bad. Yeah. Tony, like almost unconsciously apparently, his arm flies out and hits <gasps> Roger. So he actually does just land a day on him yeah. like as they're running. So Roger stumbles and kind of keeps running, but like mm. that's enough for Tony to take the lead. Um, and Roger's like what the fuck like what did you do out there you shoved me what's wrong with you and Tony kind of can't believe that he's done it it mm. uh, feels like it's something in a nightmare and he's like oh I didn't do anything and then immediately says it was an accident I'm sorry oh, Tony." Um, yeah it's very very bad for him. and the coach comes over and just yeah gives out to the pair of them apparently he didn't actually see the shove but he's like oh these these showings are terrible for my my two top sprinters because their times were still shite mm. even after all that yeah uh, and yeah he's Tony's like, you may have beaten Roger, but his time was still three seconds slower than it had been the week before. Mm.
2: Um, So they, they whether in the locker room, Roger rightly says, Look, I don't know what's going on with you lately, but you better chill out, Esteban. Winning might be important, but I'm on your team, remember? But Tony barely pays attention to him. Yeah, he's just kind of
1: he just kind of nods absently and just starts to wonder like how everything has suddenly gotten so complicated. Yeah, um, because again, he's still feeling the pressure because his dad that morning gave him a gift certificate to use as the at the best sporting goods store in Sweet Valley, <laughs> which we can only assume is the sports shop. Oh, of course, of <laughs>
2: course, I see it. that's
1: what. I was Yeah. <laughs> it's not the ski shop, that's for sure. Those movies. No. Um, how are they so business? How? you're in Southern California. Um, <laughs> so yeah, his uh, his dad's pride in him is starting to feel like a burden and it's just the pressure is building, I suppose. And he's just like, do you know what? I don't care what's in the pills. The all county meet is coming no. up and he's like, I just have to give it everything. And he's also <gasps> thinking about the coach's uh, speech all about making sacrifices and all this. So he's like, just kind of pouring all this into his resolution to, to get, get get to the all county and then yes. figure it out.
2: Well, we cut to the cafeteria where Winston is stunned And rightly so. Oh god.
1: Um, yes, I mean I don't know if the ghostwriter just hadn't read the previous books. I it's was just wondering! Like, it's just like, do you know what? Fuck it, let's just have a bit of crack with this. <laughs> because Todd is planning to kidnap Liz. Oh my god. Liz, who has previously been kidnapped for real? <laughs>
2: As if I know to have it all caps, she was actually kidnapped in real life with three exclamation marks. Oh,
1: my God. It's craziness.
2: Yes. He says uh, he hasn't even got a plan at all. I just know this is what Todd says to Winston. I just know I want you to find I I want to find some really romantic spot. And instead of telling her about it, I want you to kidnap her. You know, a blindfold. The (gasps) whole works. And when the blindfold is removed, I'll be waiting for her. I mean, you going to get a chloroformed rag as well. Oh, God. I'm, Winston's like, yeah, okay, Wilkins, you've got yourself a partner in
1: crime. Just tell me when and where. And I promise to produce one blindfolded blonde Wakefield twin
2: for a little lesson in romance. And it's like, <laughs> oh, so- a lesson in PTSD. What are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> also, that sentence sounds so pervy. So
1: pervy. Like, what the fuck? I mean, we like Winston, but Jesus, dude, come on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well meanwhile Annie joins her new BFFs Liz and Enid we're told like they tell us that Robin's her best friend and yet here we are (laughs) yes we're also told she says oh my usual crowd have deserted me today ha 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 who are they
1: yeah like who the usual crowd these are lies (laughs) the crowd of lies
2: (laughs) well again she says Tony's not himself um and uh, Liz doesn't really care about that. So she asks them for help for her own romantic scheme. Oh God. Yeah. So they've, they've both come up with the
1: idea, basically Liz and Todd to fucking kidnap each other. Cause that's normal behavior. Um, <laughs> Liz is like, yes, I know what I want to do. I'm going to find some incredibly romantic out-of-the-way restaurant and make a reservation. And then I need, like, somebody to kidnap Todd and bring him to me. Uh, so Annie's <laughs> like, oh, amazing. What a good idea. I'll, I'll help you with this. And says she's got this um, special guidebook that you can find to, uh, to, to <laughs> use to find a really neat place. It's called Weekend Getaways. Um, so, yeah, like, why would she have a fucking guidebook?
2: Why don't like, my notes say it all caps after this? These people are insane.
1: Seriously, it's like, let's put the spark back in our relationship. I'll check my guidebook for some romantic getaways. It's you're like
2: sixteen. Oh, you're all ancient. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. Uh, by the way, I do wonder. Maybe Liz. This is Liz's way of processing her um, her PTSD. <laughs> maybe. Don't know what Todd's motivation is. Oh my worrying. god! Very worrying. <laughs> so Annie remembers she lent weekend getaways to Donnie for sake uh and Annie will be in his locker but luckily she knows his locker code they must be serious so <laughs> they head off uh, to his locker to get the book but what should she find in the locker instead oh, she finds a bottle of pills <gasps> and she knows he's finished his prescription drug so doesn't know what the hell this is so she sneaks a pill from the bottle
1: oh very sneaky
2: well, the next day, Liz tells her friends that she's found the perfect place to steal Todd away to. And apparently it's Castillo San Angelo. And Ooh. it was built <laughs> by Crouch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was <laughs> built by an eccentric banyard.
1: Is there any other kind? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Um, it says uh, a red Edwardian beautiful mansion built by an eccentric Spaniard, and it's got a restaurant. So she's made reservations there for next week. How? Like, I had not. I don't think I was in a fancy restaurant till I was like well into my twenties.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah. and especially like with a boyfriend, it's like well, oh, that's what around, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you're with your boyfriend going on a date. You're going to fucking McDonald's or like yes. Eddie Rockets. Oh, that's it. It's feeling fancy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, if you're in Sweet Bali, you're going to uh, fancy restaurants and Spanish castles. I guess. (laughs) Castillo's. Sure. (laughs) So Winston joins them and sees what I can only assume is a photocopy of the page of the guidebook talking about the Castillo San Angelo. I'm guessing it's because
1: he says a page. It says a copy of the page. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it must be like a photocopy or something that, that Annie has her book back. So. (laughs) <laughs> um, yes yeah, so she's uh she's taken some some manner of a copy of this but he can see a, a picture of uh, the castillo and uh says oh nice don't tell me the Wakefields are buying a little place in the country
2: <laughs> and he's intrigued by the idea of a castle in California because uh he's never heard of one before what about Hearst Castle famously in the middle of um, above LA oh very true um but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's news to Winston. And he says that his mother is looking for a place to take his dad for his birthday. And um, so could he borrow the page? And Liz doesn't want to be too cagey about it. So she says, sure. So on Sunday, Annie meets her cousin Beth for lunch. Uh, Beth, <laughs> a.k.a. convenience.
1: Beth, a.k.a. fucking Breaking Bad in college.
2: like <laughs> <laughs> she's got a full lab fucking Heisenberg over here (laughs) (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about Beth
1: so yeah Beth um she's doing oh what is it she's doing sorry now I can't oh biochemistry that's it uh Uh, yes so (laughs) she's uh Annie has given this pill to Beth to find out uh what's in it basically or or what the deal is with it and um, she's just been waiting for the results to come in so so now that she's met her Beth is going to fill her in on on what's happened here because yes she has access to full labs and everything in college and uh,
2: she's very good
1: very very good at biochemistry it seems like.
2: (laughs) Very good to uh, kind of I mean like she's got her own pill creating system in there. (laughs) <laughs> on Phil Analysis. Um, so, uh, yeah, apparently last night, Tony, this has sort of pushed uh, Annie into coming here today because last night, Tony was absolutely appalling when they went bowling.
1: Yeah, a group of them went bowling, uh, including Mitch and some I don't know, randomers. Um, but they, yeah, I think Mitch and Tony were on the one no, sorry, Mitch was on the team opposing Tony. Yeah. But Tony flipped the lid at one point and just gave out to mm. Mitch because he'd like stepped over the line when he was bowling and he yelled at Annie for rolling gutter balls and he was just really terse and aggressive and like just giving out to people all night yeah. and it kind of ruined the whole evening. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he gave out so much to Mitch, it obviously really hurt Mitch who looks up to him so much and Annie was like okay what the fuck is this like even if Mitch did step over the line he didn't mean to he's just a kid and it's a game among friends so there was absolutely no need for Tony to like shout at him yeah Um, and poor Mitch was all
2: confused and everybody was defending Mitch and like a you know cool your Jets Tony he didn't do anything wrong and yeah poor Mitch was going to Annie like I didn't jeez so she went poignant
1: It is, yeah, this is it. And I kind of knew this was going to happen at some point where, like, Tony was going to flip the lid extremely inappropriately at somebody and, unfortunately, it was poor old Mitch.
2: Aw. Well, um, Annie thinks the real Tony Esteban would never have yelled at a kid about something so stupid as stepping over a line. But where was the real Tony? What had happened to him? Tony! (laughs) So, we cut back to Annie meeting Beth at the cafe and... uh, we're told that Beth once won every science prize at Sweet Valley High. <laughs> and uh, her horn-rimmed glasses made her look like a college professor. <laughs> and you'd have to go out of your way to find horn-rimmed glasses in 1991, I can tell you. <laughs> Surely, yeah. But yeah, look, she's she's
1: got access to a fully equipped lab and she knows exactly <laughs> what she's doing in there.
2: She <laughs> certainly does. So she asks Annie if Annie's heard of steroids. Is Annie all so like, I think so. I wonder when the last Olympics was caught taking them. His gold medal was taken away. And didn't he get kicked off the national team? Yes. Why oh, he said, I think so. Why don't you say, yeah, of course I do. I wonder when the last Olympics was caught
1: taking them. <laughs> And that's it. It's like, oh, I think so. And the details, the exact story that everybody in the entire country and world would have known about.
2: <laughs> I can still remember his name 30 years later, Annie, so
1: <laughs> Come on.
2: <laughs> so Beth gives this very long PSA about anabolic mm. steroids and how terrible they are and uh, how they have all these claims, but none of it's true. And they just make you aggressive, give you headaches, and they're really dangerous. And if you really care about this guy, you've got to talk to him. So later, Annie uh, meets Tony and she's all nervous. And when he arrives, he's talking about how important winning is. So she says she knows about the steroids. But Tony doesn't come clean.
1: Oh God. Yeah. She can kind of, she watches his face, uh, kind of, he's shocked when he hears the accusation. And then as she's looking at him, it's like the look of surprise became one of defensiveness and denial. And he's like, what do you mean by that? Uh-oh. And she's like, look, I know you've been taking steroids. I was actually kind of worried about Annie here. I have to say, I was like, maybe you just have a friend with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, Cause I don't trust this guy, but, um, yeah, he just kind of denies the whole thing. And he's like, look, I don't know what you mean. I haven't been taking steroids. Um, and, and he can see that he's really trying to stay calm here. And, and he's like, look, I'm not going to tell anybody, but I had to tell you that I know. So he just gets up and walks out and then turns to her <gasps> and says, look, I don't care what you think. You know, you're wrong. The only <gasps> drug I'm taking is something Dr. Griffin prescribed for me. That's mm. all. Understand. And he's just, he really, he just cuts her off whenever she tries to say that, you know, she just wants to help him. And he just yells at her that he's not taking steroids and like slams the door and heads out. So poor Annie's just kind of left there going. Well, goddamn, now what?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is really, uh, it's, she's, she's really in a bind because she doesn't want to rat him out, mm. but she does know what to do. So for the next few days, she tries to be normal. Tony doesn't bring up the, the conversation. And uh, when she finds herself with Liz, her best friend, and Roger <laughs> one day, um, uh, she, Liz asks how Mitch is. And Roger says, he's going back to LA, but he's going to spend all his savings to go back to see Tony what, the following week.
1: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> like Mitch, he's not worth it. He truly is not. <laughs> and Tony should say, do not spend all your savings, child whose mother is like working two jobs. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And is like having a really tough time of things at the moment. But yeah, uh, Roger is just kind of saying, I suppose the fact that Mitch is heading away, um, he's and he's still really bummed out about what had happened the night of the bowling. And Roger's like, Look, I just I wish Tony would apologise to him before he goes.
2: Oh, so um, he um, Roger asks, like, you know, what's the what's the story with Tony? Like, why mm. is he acting like this? And Annie admits all.
1: Oh, it all just kind of comes tumbling out of her because she's so upset, and I suppose yeah. she's been holding all this in for the last couple of days and hasn't been able to talk about it with anybody. Yeah, even even her alleged best friend Robin.
2: Mm, yeah, <laughs> conspicuous by her absence in this. One.
1: Yeah, very much. But uh, but you know, when Liz is on the scene, who needs a best friend? <laughs> So yeah she tells them all about how she's confronted him and he denied the whole thing but she knows for sure that this is what's happening. Um so Roger's like you know maybe maybe Tony doesn't know that there's steroids or how dangerous they can be and he's got so much riding on this season you know it wouldn't be like him to throw it away on something like steroids. Um oh god and then yes is it roger yes it is roger with, he has an
2: amazing idea comes up
1: with an amazing idea that he saw on a late night movie so you know it's good oh my god
2: <laughs> can you share what this is
1: so yeah in this movie apparently he discovered that you can have pills made to look exactly like the real things they're called <laughs> pibos pills with nothing in them but sugar And if they're made made carefully enough, Tony shouldn't be able to spot the difference between the placebos and the steroids he's been taking. So he says, you know, once you have them made, all you have to do is sneak back into Tony's locker and swap the pills. He'll stop taking steroids
2: without even knowing. (laughs) Sometime later, you can tell him what you did. (laughs) Yes, because creating pills that look exactly like other pills is a normal thing for teenagers to be able to do. It's hilarious, this fucking plan. Oh my God. (laughs) So uh, yeah, luckily Beth has a full meth lab or whatever the she, hell she's got going on. She is
1: on the case and ready to go.
2: <laughs> so uh, yeah, and he's going to ask her for help and Roger says, I don't know who got Tony started on steroids, but whoever it is should have his head examined with a drill. You know oh. he's
1: cross now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hope he's not on the steroids. No. know,
1: yeah. It's like, that's kind of violent for Sweet Valley, isn't it? Yeah
2: dramatic image mm. so after school on Friday Roger meets Tony and uh, he notices Tony is looking frantically for his pills and it turns out that they made the swap and um, but obviously they didn't put the pills the bottle back in the right place and uh, when he finds the pills he tells Roger that they're just painkillers of course Roger knows better mm-hmm. and Roger tells him Mitch wants to say goodbye and Uh, And that, you know, Tony made a big impression on him, but he was really hurt when Tony was such a dick to him. Tony feels all guilty and says he's apologised. And then Roger reveals that he was saving his money to buy a
1: bike. Oh, my God. And now he's going to fucking waste it all to come back and watch a race. Like, come on, Mitch. Buy your bike.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Tony's going to forget about you. Very true. (laughs) Sorry, I sounded a bit OTG there.
1: (laughs) You can't tell, but it just comes out in you every so often. (laughs)
2: That's true. The guy would have nature's OTGs. (laughs) Well, Tony goes to talk to Mitch, and he does feel really guilty. He knows he was totally in the wrong, and um, especially when he basically says that, "Look, I fucked up." Except I shouldn't say "fucked up." And Mitch is all like, "I'm the one who's always fucking up. Um, I wish I was like you, and I wish I was good at running and." you know, but I'm going to stop boozing. Uh, it doesn't say boozing. He's <laughs> going to stop drinking single <laughs> bottles of beer. And Tony feels like a sham as he bids Mitch farewell because he knows oh. he himself is on the voids.
1: Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, he feels really guilty because, yeah, Tony's looking up to him so much. And he's like, the irony of the situation made <gasps> Tony feel like crying. And uh, yeah, he says he's going to miss him. And yeah, I think it's like all of Mitch's bike money spent to watch him compete. So Tony's side, he wished he didn't feel like such a sham. It's like, Aww. tell that kid to keep his fucking money yes! and buy his bike. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> like a bike will last you for a long time. <laughs> Go, pick a fucking plane down to Sweet Valley. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe they're driving, but still, it's a long way. Still, wait. yeah. If it costs as much as a bike, it's expensive. <laughs> True. So Saturday morning, Liz is very chipper, preparing for her... Uh, kidnapping. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she asks Jessica for fashion advice. Jessica is miserable because she's got more boring teen Sweet Valley duties.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of glad they've carried this over, I have to say. I fully expected that to just be forgotten about.
2: <laughs> True. Like Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> so much for her obsession. So um, she's, uh, she. We're, we're told that Annie and uh, the plan is that Annie and Edith are going to tell Todd that Elizabeth's car has broken down and that she needs help. And then they'll all drive Todd out. I don't know why they all they'll all need to go. Towards the Castillo San Angelo. Or is it Angelo? Tell the San Angelo. Hmm. Yeah. Um so ten minutes from the Castillo, they will turn into a gas station, pounce on Todd, <laughs> blindfold him, and tell him That he was, and I, this is all quoting, a hostage to romance. Oh my
1: God. Although that's a book title right there, in
2: fairness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Liz is delighted with herself, the feckin' idiot. And uh, yeah, partly Todd thinks he's going roller skating this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, later she's about to leave, but then there's someone at the door. Who could it be?
1: Oh God. Well, it's Winston and... uh... (laughs) Again, like... Their choice of um, <laughs> story is very interesting here because, um, yeah, Winston's like, I don't want to scare you and everything's fine, but you've got to come with me. Todd's had an accident. And she's like, wait, what? He says, he's going to be okay. He's just worried because he plans to meet you. And uh, when she's like, tell me exactly what happened. Winston's like, oh, I don't really know. All Todd told me was that he borrowed a motorcycle from a friend of his, rode a little farther and uh, you know the bike is ruined and he's had this accident. And it's like... Liz was also in a very traumatic fucking bike accident. Why is this? Could you not have just gone with the car breaking down story as well? No no, 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 no. no. It has to be about like, a bike. Let's dig up all the most awful things that have happened to Liz in the last well year, apparently, um, and use them as flimsy excuses to kidnap her. Which is another great thing that happened. like it's crazy. I just I don't understand. Just, what is wrong with these people? Seriously, remember that terrible thing that happened to you and nearly ruined your life. Yeah, we're just going to pretend like that's happening again for no reason. Yeah,
2: um, and we're just going to be very vague about it. Um, so yeah, like there's, so, as you say, there's so many other things they could have used as the excuse. Like why motorbikes? Yeah.
1: The motorbike thing was hilarious. I just, I don't know
2: what's happening. Well, they head off and uh, Liz in in Winston's car and Liz realises they're going the same direction as the, the old Castillo. And when Winston stops for petrol, Liz wonders like, how did, how did Winston know where Todd was? And, why is he stuffing to, like, get some chocolate? Oh, yeah, he's, he's wants a chocolate bar in the gas station. And, like, why is Todd going on a motorbike at all after <laughs> he's in an accident that nearly <laughs> killed his girlfriend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Winston says, surprise! Oh, my God. Yeah, he blindfolds her. And she's
1: like, what are you doing? He says, you're being kidnapped, that's what. Under strict <laughs> orders of Mr. Todd Wilkins, I turn around and let me tie up your hands. And if I was you, I wouldn't bother to struggle. So, like... I guess PTSD just simply is not an issue when you're awake, field, because I feel like this would bring on some very extreme reactions and oh, feelings
2: for anybody else. I mean, she's been kidnapped not once, but twice. She was shoved in the boot of a fucking car. Like, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> And Liz keeps telling Winston, like, just stop it. I've got a plan. You're wrecking everything. And Winston's like, no, no, no. I'm not buying this. Just lie back and moan once in a while. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 So he drives her off. And uh, after a while, they smell honeysuckle. And Liz thinks, like, "Mm, they have honeysuckle at Castillo San Angelo. But, uh, or angela uh spanish speakers again let us know uh and finally because of course by the way she's inspected like what it smells like or what flowers mm. are growing there i mean i don't i just don't think i would go Ah, oh, honeysuckle. i know where i am well maybe it's ha-
1: having having some experience of being kidnapped she's just you know make sure that she's aware <laughs> of her surroundings when she's being carted off to a secondary location <laughs> Good point. <laughs> it just kicks in automatically now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Second nature. Yeah. So finally, Winston lets her out of the car and takes blindfold off. And Liz is speechless because where could she be?
1: Oh, way are at Castillo San Angelo. <laughs> yes.
2: And it's even more beautiful than the pictures. Um, and uh, yes, Winston wonders where Todd is. And Liz giggles. Oh, ho, 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 he's been kidnapped too.
1: <laughs> I just love how lightly they take the, the concept of being kidnapped
2: this was their, like, hilarious scheme and that it's oh. not really fucking weird. Oh, God, it's so strange. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because Enid and Annie deliver Todd. There's general, like, oh, you kidnapped me? I kidnapped you? Ha, 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 ha. And uh, Todd realises how Winston found the perfect location, that it was all, you know, from Liz's p- scheming. And Enid says, maybe you two really are suited for each other after all. How many people could come up with the same scheme the way you two did? I mean, how many indeed? I hope it's only two.
1: Truly, I really hope they're the only two, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Elizabeth wails, I wanted to surprise you. And Todd says, I wanted to surprise you. I wanted to pounce. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I guess we both wanted to pounce. <laughs> okay, get a room, lads. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um so yeah, they're they're um impressed by each other's scheming, but then Winston. Holds up a pair of magenta pantyhose, but the word "the word pantyhose" is so disgusting. Oh, it's grim! (laughs) So horrible. Say tights.
1: But that was the blindfold that was used on Liz. So Winston's like, our blindfold was better anyway. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he says. I think Todd and I get first prize, and Eden says, "Oh, Annie and I were wonderful. We terrified Todd. We tried to gag him." Jesus. bloody hell so Winston has a suggestion
1: oh god yeah Winston's like sure as long as we're all here safe and sound why don't we go in and have dinner together
2: oh 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 of course uh, Liz and Todd go no (laughs) and Enid says they will treat Winston to a burger and uh, Annie tells Winston he has to agree or we'll blindfold you and take you back against your will (laughs) (laughs) these kids are fucked to the head Very strange. (laughs) So they leave. Thank goodness. And when Todd and uh, Liz approach the maitre d' and uh, the maitre d' gives them a haughty look and says, I certainly hope you made reservations. Well, might he be doubtful seeing a pair of 16 year olds who've just been kidnapped, so their hair's probably a big mess. (laughs)
1: I know, I was even standing there watching all this unfold going, oh, <laughs> Christ.
2: <laughs> Not another kidnap date. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm imagining him being like Armand from White Lotus. Oh, my God. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> just that resigned look of these fuckers again.
2: <laughs> Armies. It uh, uh, lost in the K-hole. just be wide-eyed and feral. <laughs> Dinner service time, bitches. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, Liz is like, we've made reservations twice. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And they have a wonderful evening. And Liz is delighted knowing that they have the same fantasy. And they both <laughs> made it come true. Meanwhile, Tony is still, still feeling guilty about Mitch.
1: Mitch is gone now but he, yeah. uh, Tony keeps thinking about him and uh, yeah just kind of uh, feels so bad about how much he's idolised him and you know how ironic that it should happen at a time when he felt so unworthy of being idolised
2: and they had a family barbecue that night and uh, Tony's dad proves yet again his unhealthy attitude to his <laughs> own son because he says I'm so proud of you Tony sometimes I almost feel as if it's me out there on the track
1: oh god like For fuck's sake I don't know, Joe
2: Esteban I, yeah,
1: and also Tony's mom hardly appears at all, and I kind of feel like surely she'd be like, you know what, Joe, maybe chill out a little bit and don't put so much pressure on the kid. Yeah. Like it's not you out there, and you don't get to live through him.
2: <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, basically, uh, Tony is, you know, is is he's, he still can't stop taking the magic vitamins, and mm. even though he knows that it, it's like a sham, a child is looking up to him, and he's still popping pills. So a few days later, there were a lot of big time jumps Said this book. He heads to the gym and he overhears Lou in full flow.
1: Yeah, this guy, Randy, that was there earlier, who kind of was the first one to suggest the magic vitamins. Ah, uh, he can hear the two of them arguing and he hears Lou saying, uh, you know, look, Randy, you you knew the risks when you started taking the stuff. I'm sorry you got caught, but I told you not to take them in front of anyone. A coach? And like, come on, Randy, seriously. Um, so, yeah, he apparently he's been, Randy's been caught taking uh, taking steroids <gasps> and uh, yes. says, you know, it's, my, it's my whole life, Lou, it's not just one season. Steroids are illegal. You huh? didn't tell me that when you started selling them to me. Come on, Randy. How Randy. Did you come not
2: no I mean, again, it's like three years after the Olympics. Seriously. Um,
1: yeah, so he's kind of like, you remember what you told me, they're, that they're exactly the same stuff doctors prescribe? Well, they're not. You're full of it, Lou. Uh, and you'd he's- better watch it. That's all I can say. I just might take you down with me.
2: <laughs> what? He's got OTG too?
1: Yes, I've decided. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> all those gym guys are. <laughs> well... Tony can no longer deny he's taking steroids. I mean, for fuck's sake, Tony.
1: Like he's really been kidding himself. and But yeah. like also knows he's been kidding himself this whole time. But now it's very plain what the story is here.
2: True. So in fairness to him, he does come clean. He goes to his dad. And in fairness to his dad, his dad accepts responsibility for sort of trying to live out his glory days. Mm. Living out his dream through Tony.
1: Yeah, no, he does. Yeah, I suppose he's. At first, he's like, oh, I don't understand. Why would you do this? But then he does very quickly kind of go, oh, God, you know, I have been putting too much pressure on you and I'm sorry about that.
2: Yeah. So um, the uh, his dad also says that, like, Tony's honesty and determination not to, you know, to stick by his principles over winning has taught Tony's dad a lesson too. Oh. Um, and Tony says he has to withdraw from the race because he's been cheating to win. <laughs> his dad says he's never been so proud. Oh. son so the next day tony comes clean to annie and says look that you know that he's just he's come to his senses that annie has a revelation of her own just uh so, so he's been taking sugar pills for the last week <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> tony's obviously quite stunned at this news um and yeah when annie explains how she'd found the pills and all the rest um and he's like oh so you knew he said quietly but like yeah, she told you that she knew. Yeah. Um, but she also has to explain then that she also told Liz and Roger. So he kind of isn't sure how to feel about that and doesn't really know what to say to her. Um, so but Annie was just like, look, I just I needed you to know this before you go chatting to the coach that you actually haven't been taking them for the last whatever week or so. Mm. Um so at least he has all the information now going into his meeting.
2: Yes. And uh, he um, he confesses to the coach and the coach says that, um, look, maybe you can. St- we're going to have to confer with loads of people, and maybe if we do blood, you know, we're going to do blood tests to make sure there's no steroids in your system. Maybe you can still race. And Tony does have all the details of like when he started taking the pills, when he started taking he the does. fake.
1: It's kind of of like adorably dorky that like Tony literally made a chart indicating the day he started taking the pills the day that Annie had swapped out for the fake ones and he's got like his little like bar charts and pie charts all made (laughs) and he's like, here you go
2: So the coach is like, oh, how did you get mixed up on this? And Tony says, which is fair enough. Like, this coach needs to accept some responsibility. Mm. You know how you used to tell us that the real winners are the ones who will do anything to win? I think I took that advice too far. Coach does not apologize for this, which I think he should. Mm-hmm. But he says Tony really needs to, like rat on Lou and in fairness he does because Lou is giving dangerous drugs to teenagers yes very true (laughs) so Tony leaves and he heads to see Annie and thinks how brilliant he is and now he hopes that they can start all over again oh we cut to the race Oh, my God. (laughs) It's finally here. (laughs) Oh, my God. After it seems like about 10 years, seven (laughs) weeks. I mean, it's a long time. That is a year in Sweet Valley time. (laughs) It really is. Even the summer books don't take place over that long. Very true. (laughs) Well, Liz and Todd are there, having had a romantic beach walk at dawn. And again, sickeningly, Todd hugs Liz close and says, I like our new romantic selves. I
1: don't. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: So we're told that um, Tony has been allowed to run Though he is on probation And it turns out he didn't take steroids long enough To have done any sort of long term damage Or really have any serious effect um, Long term effects like Most of the effect has been psychological
1: yeah but also like that's fair enough for the, the physical stuff but it doesn't explain him being really aggressive and horrible to everybody does it like
2: well yeah because i mean i guess it's long-term psychological like long-term effects because definitely the aggressive behavior was when he was on the mm. magic Fishman's. Mm, I suppose. so um yeah it turns out that both burr davidson is at this race and so is mitch oh and Addy goes to wish Tony luck and Liz and Todd revel in being alone for a minute and then who should come along with a little scrappy-doo himself.
1: Oh, you know what's Good for you, Mitch, because he clambers up and just like sits down in between them and I'm like, good, break this bullshit up, please. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs>
2: Well, we're told they could laugh at the intrusion now and not worry about having their solitude infringed upon. <laughs> okay, Jane Austen. <laughs> both, both Elizabeth and Todd had learnt that as long as they cared enough about raking room for each other, there was nothing wrong with being a twosome in a crowd. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean that's something most of us should learn. But um, I mean, I guess I'm delighted for you, Liz. And Todd. I
1: suppose it's just hard to ever be happy for Liz and Todd.
2: Oh, God, I mean, really is. Well, Tony is a bit nervous as the race starts, but of course, like all Sweet Valley athletes, he thinks of the people who are there cheering him on, <laughs> and, like Mitch.
1: Oh, Mitch has made a handmade sign that says Tony on it, and it's so
2: cute. Ah. And, uh, yeah, he sets off. He hears Mitch cry, Tony! <laughs> and, of course, this makes him win. Of course. <laughs> and he has a psychological breakthrough. He feels he's running through his own limitations. And when he hears his time, he realises he's beaten the state record. For fuck's sake. <laughs> that seems a bit unlikely. It really does. <laughs> well, the crowd go nuts. And then Tony has a revelation.
1: Oh, yeah. So he realises that uh, the magic didn't come from pills. Magic was something you made yourself.
2: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Well, that's it it for Tony. It was the magic pills pills we made along the way.
2: (laughs) 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 The magic pills were inside us all along. (laughs) Well, they probably were. (laughs) Um, So at school on Monday, uh, Tony's yesterday's news. And um, the crowd are, uh, they've been talking about the the race. And Mm. Winston says he has some sports news. Yeah. um,
1: Apparently, Scott Trost has been reinstated as as second string quarterback on the Gladiators. So like, where does that leave Claire? Because all along she was second string and now suddenly she's just been, what, booted off the fucking team. That's Mm. some bullshit.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that. I hope Mm. that comes up in the next book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, apparently he's improved his grades and uh, so his ban has been lifted and Tony is pleased for him, but Liz isn't, and rightly so.
1: Yeah, apparently his attitude toward girls is so caveman-like it makes her want to scream or at least give him a good punch in the nose.
2: And Annie and Enid chorus, me too! (laughs) it's just that. I mean I know where we should be used to it by now but the way that characters are sort of shoehorned in as part of the gang and then are never seen again like one minute Tom is always having lunch or going to the dairy burger with everybody and another and then in another book like Claire is always with everybody like it's whoever is the character du jour Hmm. always suddenly is like having lunch with Liz and Todd yeah very true well, Todd defends Scott. Yeah, and I don't know why, because he sounds like an asshole. Oh my God, he clearly <laughs> is an asshole. <laughs> he
1: is. like Todd's like, oh, I wouldn't be too hard on the guy. He's not as macho as he seems. A lot of it is an act. And then Winston's like, oh, Todd's right. He doesn't mean any harm. And like, understandably, Ina's like, well, I find that hard to believe. Uh, and she says, if you, if you say one more word in his defense, Winston, you're not getting your ice cream sandwich. <laughs>
2: um. Well... I mean, it's the least he he deserves. I Uh, I do like that he goes, okay, fine. Money, please. I think (laughs) he's got a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is quite amusing apart from the kidnapping in this book. Oh, God. (laughs) And then proving the girls entirely right. Mm -hmm. What should happen? Oh, this piece of shit. So,
1: yeah, Scott just then apparently strolls into the cafeteria and caught everyone's attention by letting out a loud wolf whistle. The oh shy sophomore who was the object of his unwanted attention hurries out of his path, her cheeks flaming with embarrassment. Like, what a piece of shit.
2: Yeah. He's like, he could not, you know, show himself as more of an arsehole if mm. he tried. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Liz says, Scott's act is pretty convincing. And Enid says, definitely Academy Award material. And that's the end of the book. That's it. That's our setup for the next one, I guess. Forget Tony Esteban and his ah. magic pills. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who even cares?
2: Can you read us out, please? I sure can.
1: Is Scott Trost as sexist as he seems? I mean...
2: Yes. Yes, obviously.
1: Find out in Sweet Valley High number 78, The Dating Game.
2: Well, I have to say, cheating to win was a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be.
1: Very true. I mean, you know, I was assuming there was going to be a shady character of some sort, considering steroids were involved, and Lou fucking delivered. Oh, he did. (laughs)
2: Uh, An OTG wrestler, a new... (laughs)
1: A new breed of OTG. <laughs> uh,
2: well, it may have had OTGs, but did it have enough stats and outfits? It had some. It had some better than others. But, okay. you
1: know, uh, here we go. So the Wakefield Blondness got four mentions. Okay. Which is really solid, considering it wasn't really a book about them.
2: Yeah, that's um, fair enough.
1: Blue Green Eyes only got two mentions.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: but then Annie's green eyes got three mentions. So Ooh, she, she was... want to watch her back or Jessica would put her back in a fucking <laughs> hospital. That's i don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> then people blush seven times. So there's, oh. there's quite a good bit of blushing lately in these books.
2: There is. Annie was blushing a lot, if I recall correctly.
1: That's it was mostly Annie, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all green eyes and blushing with this one. Um then for outfits. Yeah, we didn't have a huge amount. Uh Tony wears a pair of faded blue jeans and a red polo shirt, because he's clean cut and preppy. Uh we then had oh yeah, then just Mitch and his his wild <laughs> t-shirts with bands no oh. one's ever heard of. Um but other than that, then there's Oh yeah, Liz is trying to pick an outfit for her kidnap date. Um, And Jess frowns and says, too conservative after she had inspected the first outfit. A blue cotton jumper and white blouse. Like...
2: And isn't that a jumper in an American sense? Oh,
1: it probably is. You're right. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she looks like a primary school student going off to this date. Um, and uh, Jess's pick then, that she says, is much more romantic is uh, the second option, which is a printed cotton halter dress, which hmm. does sound pretty nice. I mean, obviously, the, what the print is like, we don't know. But uh, true, it, it sounds like a better option for sure for her romantic kidnapping. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you wear to kidnap somebody? <laughs>
1: The options are endless. <laughs>
2: uh, well, listeners, uh, you know, we always love hearing from you uh, here in, at Double Love. And uh, you can, of course, um, communicate with us at Twitter at SVH Podcast.
1: You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com.
2: And of course, we are on Instagram at uh, svhpodcast. And we have also been hearing from you recently because quite a few of you have your Sweet Valley merch. Oh, my
1: gosh, It happened. And now you have it in your hands. And it's so exciting.
2: <laughs> it is amazing. We have been uh, you've been sending us photos uh, from all over the world of you wearing your Pi Beta Alpha jackets, toting some clams and your <laughs> dairy burger totes. It is a delight.
1: I mean, what else would you put in a dairy burger bag? Only clams. <laughs> of course.
2: And we, uh, we we do have a few of each left now at the time of recording, which is uh, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. It's going to be out on Thursday there. I think we were completely sold out of small and medium private alpha jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have um, some large and extra large and we do have some totes. We do. Yeah. So they're all right there on
1: shop.headstuff.org where you can find them. And if you're a member of Pi Beta Alpha or indeed Headstuff Plus, as it is actually known, (laughs) um, you can get a discount uh, on all the merch. That's one of your benefits as well as our bonus series
2: uh yeah so we uh, as we said, we do love hearing from you about uh, about pretty much everything, and particularly enjoyed <laughs> gem love's books nineteen eighty fours um response to our last episode uh cover discover discovering discussing miss teen Sweet Valley where she said um Uh, I don't know if it was just an American thing but I can't imagine this ever happening in my old town in the 90s although my school had so many girls who thought they were total babes as Bruce would say that it would have descended into chaos cat fights galore probably in fact in sixth form one girl Dawn found out her friend Amy had kissed her boyfriend and slapped Amy so hard she pissed herself (laughs) (laughs) They must have been holding it in,
1: and that became legendary. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, how could it not? That is fucking iconic. Holy shit. Imagine slapping someone so hard they piss themselves. Jessica Wakefield could never.
2: (laughs) Absolutely never. Um, Jeb also said, I found a photo of me at 16 the other day and I looked about 12. So for Jess to wonder why the college boys are not all uh, automatically interested in her, I'm like, duh, because you're jailbait. True. So true. Um, Emma and Jean Studio said Lila's story was amazing, but this might be in my top three. Um, how has it taken Jess seventy six books to finally lose <laughs> Liz's respect? <laughs> That's
1: so true. Has she met her?
2: <laughs> how can Liz possibly be surprised that Jess wants to parade around in front of strangers in a bikini? That's literally her life's work. How <laughs> many questions? <laughs> oh my god uh, oh Eva at Jean Studio also said oh so I've decided Lila must be the only one to actually read the list of prizes and decided that the, uh, that the girls shop and bowling were totally beneath her which of course they are queen I
1: emojis. Mean, so true yes
2: <laughs> but the one thing that people really responded to <laughs> was kettles <laughs> Kettlegate, as it's now known <laughs> So much kettle chat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't think this would get such a reaction, but here we are.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Felicity Valentine said, I'm an American with an electric kettle that I adore, though I did have to replace it a few years ago when my sister tried to use it on the stovetop. See, it's a thing that happens. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of tea chat, which we... um, And tea making chat, people saying that they were the members of their family had made tea out of hot taps.
1: Oh, God. Yes, that was particularly upsetting.
2: (laughs) Very, very upsetting. And uh, uh, the podcast at Dawn's house said one of us had to hold an impromptu intervention when her US grandparents finally got an electric kettle but continued to store it on the hob like their old kettle. The cord was half melted. Oh, God.
1: I liked um, Katie Longstreet said, uh, of course, Americans don't know how to handle tea. One of our founding stories is that we threw it in the harbour. We've been mistreating tea since 1773.
2: (laughs) A few people did
1: point out the
2: Tea Party reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, yes, Joe of the Jasmine said the microwave tea scene was an actual crime and what I (laughs) won't get over for a very long time very true honestly
1: the thoughts of that tea i'm just i'm still so upset about it but i do want to say uh well done and uh we salute you to the americans who got in touch to say that they do actually have an electric kettle because they they know that's the right way to make tea
2: yes <laughs> boiling water that's done in a, in a flash somebody was surprised now where who was it that um about using boiling the water to uh for pasta in the kettle and um which to me seems like a very standard thing to do because it takes for ages to uh, to heat up on the hob. Whereas you could just boil it in a kettle in seconds. That
1: is true. I mean, to be fair, it was a good counterpoint to to our slagging yes. off of the nation of America. But true. I suppose, yeah, I suppose, because hobs are slow enough to heat up. But I suppose now if you've got like an induction hob or that. Then, oh, that's true. It then it's be. done super quick. That was,
2: that was Maisie the Bell, by the way. Uh, yes. So, yes, Maisie, we, um, I think mostly here you would just... Uh, just boil it up with the kettle, pop it into the uh, into the into the pot on the on the stove top or hob yeah. as it is to us, yes. and uh, chuck your pasta in right there. Seriously, those of you who have a kettle and never have electric kettle and have never done this before, it does save you quite a lot of time. It so does. we do have quite some some useful household advice on this podcast. Sometimes, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> yeah. And we also, oh my God, we got a couple of amazing emails this week which oh God. um really can good. you can you share uh tara roses todd and bernie sanders fanfic <laughs> it would be my pleasure <laughs> um, okay yes uh
1: So Let me just find the start of this. Yes. So Tara has amazingly uh, been inspired to develop a demented fanfic concept, her words, um, about Todd Wilkins' time living in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, It recently occurred to me that Say Goodbye, when Todd Moves Away from Sweet Valley, came out in September 1985, right when US Senator Bernie Sanders began his second term as mayor of Burlington. So in this story, (laughs) Todd has a run in with the socialist mayor who stops him and Suzanne Devlin at the mall to Interview them for his local cable program, Bernie Speaks with the Community, which was a real TV show, apparently, (laughs) in which Sanders would chat with everyday people uh, back in '88. Bernie gets into a deep discussion with Suzanne about all the bad, rich kids she knew in New York, like the ones who were so mean to Jessica in Too Good to Be True. Absolutely delighted by the levels of detail here. Oh my God, it's amazing! (laughs) Naturally, Bernie finds her background fascinating because he's always interested in the moral rot of the upper class. Todd doesn't understand why the mayor is paying so much attention to his girlfriend and becomes jealous. He almost lays his fists of fury upon Sanders, but thinks better of it. Instead, he challenges Bernie to a one-on-one basketball game, which, also loving how that's kind of tying in the um, TV show as well. Yes, have got nice. levels, levels at play here. Todd is surprised when this middle-aged mayor accepts his challenge unbeknownst to him sanders is actually a really great basketball player (laughs) mayor bernie trounces wizard wilkins on the court humiliating him in front of suzanne and all their friends todd has no idea how he'll ever live this down looking for him this is when his parents get rich and decide they need to flee mayor bernie's highly taxed socialist utopia <laughs> the Wilkins head back to the luxurious tax haven that is Sweet Valley, where they'll never be forced to pay for public works programs like fisting, fixing the busted roads where Trisha Martin's family lives. <laughs> Todd swiftly dumps Suzanne, jumps right back into the arms of Elizabeth Wakefield, who is too boring to ever get stopped in the mall for an interview. I mean, Tara Rose. Oh, my. holy shit! ovation. There were links and everything to Bernie's show, to him being deadly at basketball. Like, oh my god, it's so fantastic!
2: (laughs) And its title is "Fists of Fury versus the Wooly (laughs) Mittens." I mean, it's
1: perfect.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for that, Tara Rose. We very much appreciate it, and uh, we also heard from Alessandra Pagliardi uh I hope I'm pronouncing your surname properly Alessandra and she (laughs) she wants to share she says I wanted to share with you a particular trend in my neighborhood myself and two of my friends in our neighborhood host international exchange students they're all just arriving this week for the school year we were going for dessert at my friends to introduce the two girls and our gal came downstairs dressed in what a fucking silk shirt. (laughs) It's summer in Vancouver. We've just had record breaking heat waves and she toddles down in a silk shirt. So we get across the street and into my friends and her exchange student comes in, unzips her hoodie and what the fuck? Sleeveless silk tank. They're both in Switzerland. So I thought, okay, maybe this is a Swiss thing. Last night we go for a barbecue at our other friend's house and what the fuck do you think their Spanish exchange student is wearing a sports bra with a silk blouse over the top? Oh like Spanish God. from Spain, not Baja California Spanish. You <laughs> I am here to tell you, silk shirts are back and are a thing among the international Vancouverite elite. Oh my God.
1: So good. I <laughs> love that. I had no idea that the silk shirts were... <laughs> taking hold in, oh. in Europe because they certainly haven't made their way to the teens here I'll tell you that no much. they
2: haven't crossed the uh across the the bottom of the Irish Sea slash no. the Atlantic
1: <laughs> can you can imagine them crawling across the seabed yeah. making their way here
2: well, we've been cut off of the continent for the last year and a half more or less so Don't uh, true. who knows yeah. what's going
1: on over there I, mean,
2: I think we need to investigate ASAP
1: <laughs> somebody needs to do something
2: Oh, listeners, well, as ever, we we do love hearing from you. And uh, if you would like to hear from us every week, as opposed to just once every two weeks, you can, of course, sign up for Headstuff Plus
1: yeah over at headstuffpodcast.com you can sign up uh to support the show and what we do here all this fucking ridiculousness to be perfectly honest um for little <laughs> five euros a month uh, and when you sign up you will get access to all our bonus content which is obviously pi beta alpha where we recap the tv series that we're having fucking tremendous crack doing oh, we um are. but by signing up you get access to the bonus content for all the shows on the head stuff network. So you get the stuff for like Sissy, that pod for loads of great stuff. And uh, you also get discounts then on our lovely merch.
2: You do. Um, so get it while, while it's hot and mm. listeners and, uh, be the alpha members. We will see you in the clubhouse, wear your jackets, next <laughs> week when uh, it's going to be, we're going to find out what happens when Lila gets a job in the Moon Beach Cafe. And I'm oh very God. excited about this because we it's love so TV, Lila.
1: <laughs> She's amazing.
2: <laughs> um, so we will see you there. Um, but everybody else, we'll see you back here in two weeks. When we find out what happens when Scott Trust plays <laughs> The Dating Game. Ooh. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.